Hello, folks. Welcome to the podcast called Rose Tinted Reels. Huh. I'm. Uh, I feel like you started late, maybe. You th- it, oh, you think I wasn't? You know, I wasn't quite on in sync with that. It was close. Look, you, you're if, onto something. Yeah, I should have started the lyrics like midway through the song. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. I well, okay. You don't have to start this off by making fun of me. I, I tried my making fun of. I tried my best. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. All I right. take it back. My name is Zach. I'm Allison. Welcome to our podcast. Do you notice I sound cleaner, crisper? Mm-hmm. I'm a new year, new Allison. Exactly. Very professional. We got you a new mic. It's, it's lovely. I mean, come on. Happy holidays to me. We are officially a professional podcast. Professional soundboard, professional mics. For both people. For, for both people. <laughs> Previously, you'd been using like a $2 dime store mic. So my question is, is when we have a new guest come on. Uh, They'll be we'll, using the terrible. But they'll still have their own. Exactly. So well, now we've got two extra. So two. we can have two people come on. and Oh, it'll be pandemonium. Uh, although we'll have to get be. them headsets. That, that'll that be the trick. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the trick. And I, it will be pandemonium because we've had guests on in the past. And even just one extra person. There's so many people trying to talk over each other at once. It's like a Zoom call. It's, it is, except there's no delay, so you get all of the nonsense all at once. <laughs> and when someone's frozen, you just know they're really just not paying attention. Exactly. <laughs> or they're deep in thought or horrified. Really, there's so many possibilities. They've just got nothing interesting to say, which is me most often. Yes. So did you have a nice holiday? Yeah, it was pleasant. It was? Did yeah. you get everything you wanted? Did, did Santa Claus visit? I think I only asked for two major things. Mm-hmm. I asked for an alien ship. In the form of a router. Mm-hmm. And I asked for a kettlebell. And I got both of those things. So as far as I'm concerned, it was a successful Christmas. And you uh, also gave me some lovely tea. Yes, you, you asked for tea. So tea you got. Yeah. You haven't opened your present yet. Would you like to do it live on the podcast? Oh my, yes. I'll describe everything. Oh gosh, is it also a kettlebell? <laughs> I put a lot in it. You put, oh dear. He, okay, he's struggling. He has given me... Oh, man. I lifted it. It was a lot lighter. Like, I almost punched myself in the face. You know, like when you do the uh, the arm the arm in the doorway thing and you're just like... Do you punch to... yourself a lot when you open doors? No, it's there's a trick where you smoosh your arms in the um, doorway. Yeah. And then when you come out, because you're used to the weight and pressure of the door, when you come out, your arms feel super light. So they just like lift up instantly. Oh, I got what you mean. Yeah. I didn't actually think you'd bought my act of carrying it over like it was heavy, but apparently. I just assumed it was also a kettlebell. So it is a lovely box. It's bigger than a bread box slightly. Now we're going to get some ASMR paper. So what does it say on the box? What, what do you guess based on what the box is? This looks like a wine box. Oh, so you think you got some wine, do you? No, because you know I don't really oh, okay. drink it. And uh, it doesn't feel heavy like Oh, a wine you know bottle. what? You're allergic to beer, right? Yeah. I want to give that back. It doesn't feel like a liquid. What, if you had to guess? I would say something fabric, maybe, because it feels kind of light like a fabric. Probably one of the only things that you suggested to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to open it. It's going to be like a card that says, I owe you present. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, it's man. It's within a box. What could be? Does it have a brand name on it? Is it already spoiled for you? Ooh, it is clothing from Torrid Enterprises. It's adorable. So since you can't see it, it is a Studio Ghibli sweater that has the forest sprites from Princess Mononoke. I still haven't seen Princess Mononoke, you know. That will be on the list of things we will watch. 
Have we updated the list with more stuff? I need to update it with more titles because there's definitely more titles that we've mentioned on the show. Yeah. Speaking of things that sound too similar, Mm -hmm. Frank Capra, is this director's name right? Yeah. And Frank Coppola, Mm -hmm. they need to figure it out. They need to merge. Well, one's dead and wait. I think they're both dead, right? Yeah, they're both dead. Never mind. Yeah, but doesn't problem, matter. Problem solved itself. So what's what's your life all about? Did you enjoy your holidays? You asked me, but I didn't reciprocate. Yeah, it was good. It was a little sad because I didn't get to see my niece and nephew, and I really wanted to. I got my nephew something that made me a great aunt to him, but a villain to my sister, which was... A book of swears? Yes. I got a four-year-old a book of swears. <laughs> now, I, is that even a thing? Because if it is... <laughs> Four-year-old is the perfect recipient. I got him a potty training book, but it's potty mouth training. Hey, <laughs> there you go right here. Well punned. Well punned. <laughs> now, I got him a lightsaber from Disney World. Like, not <sighs> not one of the, the fancy, expensive $200 ones, but, like, one that's, you know, for kids. And it jettisons out, makes a bunch of good sounds, but it also has a laser blaster to it. What? what? Like, on the base of it. I, I it's, a, it's a lightsaber and a blaster in one? Yeah. Two for one. What kind of non-canon garbage is that? Well, I think it has to do with maybe the Clone Wars. I I forget the character that it comes from. But I also then realized he doesn't know anything about the Star Wars universe except from Lego Star Wars universe. Wait, is it kind of a hook? Yeah. I think it's Dooku's. Maybe. I'm going to look it up. It's crazy. Yeah, that one. All right. So for all of you Star Wars people out there who had no idea what this was, like myself, Mm -hmm. the description is... First of all, it's called lightsaber blaster hybrid. All right. The description is, while the Jedi Order generally had no use for blasters, Force users during the reign of the Galactic Empire often needed to conceal their relationship with the Force and could not rely on using their lightsabers openly. Through customization, a second emitter could be added to the hilt that would release the weapon's energy as a projectile similar to a blaster bolt. Because the energy released was not encased within the focusing field that shaped the blade of the lightsaber, the bolts fired from the pistol hilt weakened rapidly as it cohered and declined. These short-range stun bolts still caused some shock, but were not as effective as a blaster or a lightsaber blade. That's super interesting. I'd never heard of it. I bet it's in just like the uh, the TV shows because it definitely wasn't in the movies. Well, all I know is that my sister now lives in terror that she or Penny are going to get whacked by the <laughs> All I know is it makes great sounds. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it'll make great sounds when attacking a cat. They don't have a cat. Penny's a baby. Oh, I assume Penny was a, a little uh, animal furry thing. No, Penelope is my little... Not yet too. She hairy? She furry? I mean, she she has blonde hair on the top of her head, like most babies. Well, in your most family. Most blonde babies. <laughs> most, most people in your family, yeah. anyway. No. Oh, we... we <laughs> never mind. That, that was, <laughs> no, I, I, continue. I, no, no. no it, that sounded so promising, though. No, it, 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 I, was, I was informed by Mark that if we were to sire a son, <laughs> he would not allow it to be named Mark. But then he proceeded to poo-poo all the names I wanted. Why Why is he rejecting Mark? Well, he he knows that it's going to hurt our fathers because uh, my dad is Mark. His dad is Mark. He's and they're going to ask which the child was named after? Well, they don't have to know. That's the beauty of it. Well, they, he could just say that it was named after him. Yeah. Your husband. Yeah, I independently. Mean. But he doesn't want another Mark in the family. Hmm. He likes it for himself. He does not like it when you call him Marcus. I learned that. <laughs> I thought you called him that all the time. Oh, I call him Carcass. That's much better. He seems fine with it. <laughs> Why doesn't he like Marcus? Oh, he made me relabel every present that I 
I tagged because I would do Mark with a C. He's Mark with a K. Sure. If I did Mark with a C, he wouldn't open it. He's like, you need. That's to a different person. It. Yeah. He's like, this isn't me. <laughs> Got all in. Yeah, I don't blame. Yeah. I don't blame him for that. Not yeah. one bit. Even I knew that it was with a K, and I'm not married to the guy. Yeah. You could be. I could though, <laughs> and I would rock his world. <laughs> that the the question was why doesn't he like Marcus? And that's just because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just he's. It, it probably for the same reason I don't like to be called Allie. Sure. Although Allie is a is a I normal sh- name, and Marcus is kind of a heightened reality name or a historical name. Nobody mm-hmm. in the world is really called Marcus anymore. It's true. It doesn't happen. There's Marcos. We know a Marco. There's a great pizza place called Marcos Pizza. I thought they closed. They did here, but there are other ones elsewhere. Oh, okay. It's a, such a shame because that was the best pizza in this town. Was it? Yeah, I, I thought so. I don't think I actually tried their pizza. I had other stuff from there, but it, really, I'm the reason they closed. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> he refused to eat their pizza, and they were so disappointed that they yeah. packed their bags. We're clearly not wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, man, that's a shame. So, in podcast news, I'm delighted to share a new segment that won't be in every movie, but will be in some, and I'm calling them Matt or Effects. Aha, so your friend, uh, little Matt, Matt, uh, Matt, uh, Fontaine, Fontaine. Mm-hmm. he's got some things to say about this movie. Oh, he is a wealth of knowledge. He actually. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> trying to silence you. I was just holding up my hand. So when you're done, I'm going to speak. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he actually took specific film studies courses that dealt with the introduction of films like this during kind of, I'll say a prohibition kind of forced purity into different films. <laughs> Before you continue and tell us all what he's got to say, his brilliant genius remarks. Oh, I was going to save it for the, um, during our movie trivia segment. I was going to say the same thing, but do it after ours. Cause if we get to it first, then we get all the credit. Okay. Yeah. Some of mine are marred. Because no, no, you get, oh, because you already knew. Yeah. Oh. He talked to me as I was watching the movie. Cause but I, that's not fair. You get a little, uh, expert in your ear yeah. and an expert. You need an expert. Well, you you have one for 80s films. Like when we do Karate Kid, you can uh, phone Chris. True. Although maybe it's best. I mean, you you should probably have the expert in your... I'm coming at it for the first time, so I shouldn't be colored by those things. And honestly, this podcast is based on a game that Matt and I used to play where he would assign me a film and I would assign him a film every week. So we would just watch these new things. The only rule was that we had to think the other person would enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You tried to do that with me and it just didn't work out. No, because I watched the film and you didn't. Yeah. And I didn't like it. (laughs) You didn't like the films that I I gave you, that I assigned you? you, It was the the Enter the Void one. It's a genius movie. I I didn't say it wasn't, but it was horrifying. You have to play to your audience, man. (laughs) Yeah. Waving aborted fetuses is not... <laughs> Look, I was trying to challenge you. If I thought you wanted an easy ride, I would have given you something else. But I thought that you could handle it. You know? I thought that you could handle the challenge. You know, it probably didn't help that when I watched it, I also had a fever. So it was like super if That's trippy. a terrible... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You basically were high watching an acid trip. Yeah. Uh, a high person watching someone else's high experience. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that was probably way too crazy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Did I like, warn you at all before you watched it that you, it was going to be crazy? You said it was like taking drugs without taking drugs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I will say that the only other time I did something foolish like that was when I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey and I had a 103 degree fever. Why do you keep doing that? I need to stop. Like, Every Cooper, time you, you got should a not fever. watch. <laughs> Let me watch <laughs> this trippy ass movie. <laughs> where, where are all the trippy movies? When I'm sick, I just need to watch trippy movies. Yeah. 
uh, I'll have to watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas if Ooh. I get another fever. Yeah, you do. Well, no, I mean, no, I've, no, I've was, seen it, but oh, like, okay. it just, I'm talking about just based on the like. It is, yeah. I'd like to see it again. I've only seen it once, but I own it. It's a good movie. All right. So in podcast news, this isn't really podcast news, but I don't know where else to put it. I was just listening to a, uh, a Nerdist well, it's not Nerdist anymore, is it? It's ID10T podcast with, uh, you know, Chris Hardback. Mm-hmm. But he was talking to uh, Chris Columbus. And aside from founding this great nation, he also has directed some pretty uh, iconic movies over the years, right? And he's aged super well. Yes, he has. <laughs> great, great health regime he's got going on. And honestly, I'm surprised he kind of lost that Spanish-Portuguese accent that he had going it's kind of tasteless, right? He just kind of took on the accent of the place he came to. That happens. It happens. Although maybe he came here and was like, you know what? I'm going to found the accent. I'm going to found the accent of the country I didn't found. Exactly. Right? <laughs> what a good guy. What so, a good, good, honest, upstanding, really moral and ethical guy. So Chris Columbus and Chris Hardwick were talking about... He brought up Christmas Chronicles. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we got there, folks. We got there. <laughs> I like to I like to tease out a story. Yeah, I yeah. like to tease it out. Just pull it like a, a young mozzarella, just trying to, or like the dough of a pizza. You know, mm. it's not quite snapping, but ooh, man, is it getting stringy? And then you plop it down, fling it up in the air. Work those glutens. Yeah. Yes. You know, I'm trying to go gluten free. Uh, I need to find some good recipes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. But I need to find some good recipes. So if any listeners out there have good recipes for gluten-free stuff, send them over to the RTR community page, please. Anyway, so uh, I just thought it was fascinating. Apparently, Kurt Russell wrote like 600 pages on the mythology backstory of Santa Claus. Huh. Like, he's super into the role. Like he, he says he wants to do it for the rest of his life. That's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought that was cool. Just because I like those movies. I thought the sequel was a lot of fun. And uh, I look forward to the next one. Yep. Anyway, that's all I've got. So, Although I will say we need to drop our Christmas episodes. And whose fault is that? I'm looking at him. I'm, I am too. I am too. He's the power of editing. I don't, I don't think he understands. He's just trying to get the chromatic penis. Oh, yeah. The chromatic <laughs> penis from cyberpunk. I certainly am. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, yes, please... Please, please. It really helps us if you could leave a five-star review. I'm not above begging. I just said please like four times. Begging is good. Yeah. Begging is American. They, they really help us. They keep our podcast going. It lets us know that you want us to keep going. It lets us know that you care. But if you don't want us to keep going, let us know in a five-star review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to let us know that you don't care about us anymore. And, but do that in a productive C- way. Care enough about your dislike of us. <laughs> care enough about your not caring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Turn apathy into action, people. Right. So <laughs> go to Facebook or Twitter at at Rose Tinted Reels or on Facebook. Join the Facebook group, RTR Community Face Place, and just chat. Have a little chat there. That's all. And obviously, like you just said, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave mm-hmm. a five-star review. Let us know anything you feel like. You can. You How's can, your day going? Yeah, you can just ask us a little question. You, you can, can promote your own thing. Yeah, promote your own thing. You can spout a lot of gibberish. You could lean on your keyboard. And just uh, just a repeated letter, and I will read that. <laughs> exactly. Or or Allison will read it. Whoever you'd like. But yeah, let, let us know who you want. Look, to it's read. A, this is an interesting yeah. experiment, and we want you to take part. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Exactly. All right, so let's go to Act Two inside the <gasps> real. Real. Yep. So the year nineteen thirty four. Funny story, though, when I typed it originally, I accidentally typed 84. I'm like, huh, back to the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is a really crummy looking movie from the 80s. (laughs) Or 
man, they're really artsy in the 80s. Exactly. For an 80s film, they sure did not identify themselves as 80s, <laughs> like most 80s films that are like slappy in the face 80s. Oh, man. Speaking of slappy in the face. 80s or otherwise? Slappy in the face woman. Oh, yeah. Style from this movie. So 1934, different time, people. It was. <laughs> I you love that slap they. Your daughters. I love that they started off the movie with, with slapping a woman. I'm kind of slapping you with <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, so what, what do you have as for? Do you have a lot of uh, fancy events that happened this year in 1934? I'm going to start off with somewhat of an optimistic one. It was a turning point in the U.S. Great Depression in 1934. Unemployment rates dropped to 22% versus the high of the Great Depression, where I think it had reached a high of 35%. Um, So it it, it really climbed. That was actually linked directly to extreme political movements emerging across the world. That's how Stalin and Nazis came to to power. Schittler himself was elected in 1933. Elected. Uh, Yeah, air quotes. And in 1934, he became the Fuhrer. Mm-hmm. This is this is the year where he officially declared himself the Führer. <laughs> so I can't think of Hitler and I can't hear that word without thinking of Springtime for Hitler from the producers, which is another film that is on our list. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. that. I did see Jojo Rabbit starring I to, Hitler. I do need was, to see Jojo Rabbit because really I good. love um, Taika Watiti. Taika, Taika Wakiti. I can never remember that. Yeah. I always get the, the last couple consonances. But if you except. like him there, that's why you have to see what we do in the shadows, the movie. I do need to see that. Yeah. I like the show, but he's only in the show for like an episode. Yeah. 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 So what about you? What facts do you have for 34? A gallon of gas was 10 cents. Bonnie and Clyde were found and killed in a shootout. On that note, John Herbert Dillinger, public enemy numero uno, died after a shootout on July 22nd with FBI outside of the Biograph Theater in Chicago. Popular shootout year. It was for, for big old <laughs> famous criminals. And it was also a popular year to, you know, kidnap the Lindbergh baby. Did that happen this year? That happened that year. Yeah. But is it as interesting uh-huh. as the Loch Ness Monster being spotted for the very first time January 14th? Now you scooped me. Ha! Finally happened. <laughs> You're always scooping my interesting ones. I think that that photograph of Nessie is like one of the most kind of famous cryptid pictures. Yeah, one of the most iconic cryptozoological photographs. Mm-hmm. Speaking of those, it was the introduction of Donald Duck. Speaking of that, it was the year Charles Manson was born. Thirty. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. Huh. So as a lead into the matter of facts, I do have a piece of independent study that I did, which was the implementation of the Motion Picture Production Code, or also known as the Hayes Code, was introduced this year. This is relevant especially to the film we are about to discuss and has a direct impact to films that follow between 1934 and 1968. The Hayes Code mandated voluntary censorship. The mandate regulated appropriate content for films. So this is like FCC style? Kind of, but more stringent because they they had a more puritanical view of what we should be watching i know we're one of the most secular countries in the world and yet religions still seem to have been at the foundation of every one of our systems especially between the 30s and the 50s crazy mm-hmm. well you know I, I have a problem with the fcc and and that sort of thing because it, it seems like they have the power to kind of if they make something rated so mature that a certain audience can't see it just because it's got 
you know, blasphemy or something in it. Well, this is not just that they had to rate it a certain system. This was, it was not allowed to be shown. Well, that's, that's out of control. Do you have any more uh, events of the year? Because that's, no. that's all I've got. No, no. Let's uh, dive right into the synopsis. All right. What is the real synopsis, the official one? <clears throat> a renegade reporter and a crazy young heiress meet on a bus headed for New York and end up stuck with each other when the bus leaves them behind at one of the stops. Nice. Okay. So my bad synopsis. Rich girl doesn't know how to do things for herself, makes foolish journey and foolish choices, jumps from a do-nothing dandy to a chauvinist alcoholic reporter. Yep, that's that's very true. That's not even like if that's not a fake synopsis or anything. That's that's very accurate. <laughs> but it doesn't entice you to want to watch it. Not really. <laughs> no, I, but mine mine is a little bit more uh, abbreviated than that. But basically, means the same thing. Abusing women makes them like you. That's all I've got to say about this movie. Yeah, it's more of a physical negging. <laughs> yeah, physical negging. Yeah, that, this is the original negging. The original. This is where slap them around. <laughs> They'll love it. Oh, mm. Boise. Yeah. All right. Trivia time. I have a ton of trivia. Me too. All right. So who's going to win trivia? You want to go first? Sure. Oh, God. I always regret this. <laughs> you, you scoop my best stuff. So this is considered the first screwball comedy. Screwball comedy. Uh, so I'm in interweaving Matt facts with my facts because I did some of my independent research, which did yield this information. But Matt provided me more information on it. Maybe I should Matt, go first matter of facts. so that I can scoop Matt. You know how fun that will be? Can I finish the screwball comedy one since I started? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's the first screwball comedy. Screwball comedy was used when lust or eroticism was forbidden. Where a character might express something sexualized, it would be replaced by screwball humor to maintain the movie production code censorship rule. So, whoa, whoa. So you're saying that this happened during this movie? They had something that was too sexual that needed to be replaced? So you notice how usually like they have that kind of lovey look in their eyes looking at each other and then something silly happens? Okay, so it was something that was added, not replaced. Right. It's anytime something silly or zany kind of was added, it was used so it wouldn't fall to, like, that's where they would naturally kiss or have a romantic moment. Speaking of, this is one of the few romantic comedy movies where the two romantic leads don't kiss. Yeah, they had to wait for the walls of Jericho to fall. And then we didn't see anything happen, but sex is implied. <laughs> implied sex. It happens. <laughs> So do you want to go ahead with your facts so I, I don't risk scooping you? As long as I can scoop Matt once, just mm -hmm. stop me when I scoop him. Okay. All right. So Clark Gable was loaned to this film by MGM as punishment for his affair with Joan Crawford. Yep. That's a, that's a Matt scoop. Well, I'm going to scoop him more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so to continue on that note, when Clark Gable showed up for the first day, he reportedly said grimly to uh, Frank Capra, let's get this over with. <laughs> Because he, uh, he wasn't excited about this, and neither was Claudette What's-Her-Face. Mm -hmm. Colbert. Not, neither of them wanted to do this movie. Yep. And they once it was done, they thought it was terrible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but he also, on the first meeting, uh, Frank Capra, he arrived to the meeting drunk, rude, and angry. Uh-huh. But in spite of that, they both became friends with each other. I don't know if it was actually the same. I read a little bit more about Claudette's relationship with Capra. Mm -hmm. She had made a movie with him before. That she hated, and I guess it was panned and didn't do well. So she was really not excited to be working with him again. They, their relationship was a little bit contentious while they were on set. But when she accepted the award later, she did thank him. 
she barely made it to the award show. <laughs> well, yeah, she she didn't actually come. That this is my, actually my next thing. Uh. On the last day of shooting, Claudette told a friend, "I just finished making the worst picture I've ever made." She disliked the film so much that she didn't even attend the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And then when she won for Best Actress, she was about to leave on a trip and was rushed to the ceremony. And she gave her acceptance speech in her traveling suit. Yep. Did I scoop him again? Yep. Scooped him. <laughs> well, some of them are scooping him. Some of them are scooping me. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll stop now. You can go. <laughs> Frizz Freeling, famous WB cartoonist, in his unpublished memoirs mentioned that this was one of his favorite films and was in fact the inspiration for the character of Bugs Bunny. The character of Bugs Bunny is part Oscar Shapley, part Peter Warren, especially the carrot eating. And they actually mention in the movie uh, when Warren is threatening Shapley that he mentions the name Bugs Dooley, and that's where yeah. Bugs Bunny came from. Other Looney Tunes characters also are derived from this film. Alexander Andrews, uh, King Wesley are both inspirations for Yosemite Sam and Pepe Le Pew. Yep. I didn't really, I can't see that. Well, Neither of those characters are similar to the cartoon characters. Well, uh, Oil Tycoon, kind of Yosemite Sam, I could see. But the personality and different and yeah. the physicality and he didn't have the guns and ooh. he didn't look like that. He didn't have the, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem similar at all. And same with Pepe Le Pew. Like, I guess. Well, Pepe Le Pew, that particular actor that played King Wesley, Jameson Thomas is just kind of known to be that kind of Lothario kind of character. Well, he wasn't French. He didn't seem Lothario-y. He just seemed like uh, they, a they, stuck up rich guy. They allude to it. Do they? Yeah, because like he uh, womanizes and kind of is an action dude. Like that's why he landed at the wedding in a helicopter plane hybrid. Well, yeah. So he's he's a rich guy who's flaunting his cash, but it seemed like he was anxious to get married instead of sleeping around. But she had pockets that could let him keep on that lifestyle. It was kind of implied that the father believed him to be a gold digger. Yeah, the, I didn't see a huge amount of evidence that he, he was being suave with lady women. No, they, they just said it in passing. They didn't linger on it. Right. I don't know. It, yeah, so I, I read that same fact about Yosemite Sam and Pepe Le Pew, mm -hmm. and Le Pew. I couldn't quite see it. Although I could see the Bugs Bunny one, mm -hmm. just talking way too much. and Talking him in and out of circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, uh, he, if he, only he made a reference to a wrong turn in Albuquerque. Exactly. That would have been iconic. Yeah. <laughs> So Clark Gable gave his Oscar that he won for this performance in the movie to a child who admired it, telling him that it was winning the statue that mattered, not owning it. The child later returned the statue to the Gable family after Clark's death. Now, a follow-up on that is that in 1996, Steven Spielberg anonymously purchased the Clark Gable Oscar to protect it from further kind of commercial exploitation and gave it back to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And it's widely believed... Just on the topic of him winning this Oscar, it's widely believed, apparently, that MGM ensured that their contracted star, Clark Gable, would receive the award for Best Actor to promote his career at the studio. And so only three actors were nominated that year, and it's widely believed that Charles Lawton would have easily won for his highly acclaimed performance as the tyrannical father in The Barretts of Wimple Street, 1934. Sounds very British. The Barrett's of Wimple Street. Yes, yes, Barrett's of Wimple Street. <laughs> anyway, it, it had received the nomination but didn't win. But people seem to be saying that that should have probably won. But there was a little bit of behind-the-door corruption. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll wet your pockets. I'll lick your lips or whatever people say. What do people... <laughs> 
Oh, excuse me? I don't know. <laughs> that sounds really perverse. <laughs> there are weird euphemisms people use for bribing people, and I, I don't know them. But I know that that's kind of the cadence in which they're said. I've never heard the word. <laughs> Gross. Grease your palms. That's Gre- one of them. Grease your palms, I've yep. heard. Yeah, it's yep. like putting it in your hand. <laughs> But lick your lips? Like just I was just guessing. Woo. Yeah. Uh what what your whistle is a different thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's probably where I was going with that. Yeah. Anyway. So he was trying to lick people's lips and uh, that's how he got the Oscar. See, like, look, LL it was the thirties. Yeah. Look, it was the thirties. You know you don't know what could happen. Ugh. Anyway. So Columbia Pictures was considered a poverty row studio at the time of the film's uh, release. Both MGM and Warner Brothers would lend out temperamental actors and actresses to Columbia as a humbling experience. Studio boss Harry Cohn would loan actors from his own roster in the early 30s to sign them to work on Frank Capra's films. Although studio had received Oscar nominations prior to this picture, its success virtually single-handedly lifted Columbia out of the ranks of poverty row. So this film saved it. Yep. Well, I think that was also the case for Disney and the great mouse detective. Yep. They, they all needed that little helpful hand out of the. Yep. And it's so funny that it came from this movie and it was kind of the same with the great mouse detective. Nobody believed in that movie. And uh, what was it? One of the executive producers or the CEO at the time didn't like mouse detective. They made change the name and Mm -hmm. they, they were trying to promote the other movie black cauldron because they liked that a lot better. Yeah. But it seemed to have been the case with this one too. Like nobody liked it, nobody believed in it, and then it was like they didn't even they they put it in like secondary theaters and they they didn't do any advertisement for it just because they thought that this was gonna be a flop and it ended up being a runaway success. Which is great because it I I just I think it was a turning point in cinema. Well, I think we then have your answer for the question at the end of this podcast episode. Yep. So the plot is based on the short story Night Bus from 1933 by Samuel Hopkins Adams, which also provided the shooting title of the movie. When Frank Capra asked Claudette Colbert to expose her leg for the hitchhiking scene, she initially refused. Later, having seen the leg of her body double, she changed her mind saying, that's not my leg. Because that's what women sounded like in the 30s. Yeah, but it was a feminine meh. Like a weird feline kind of noise. Anyway, so Frank Capra came up with the idea about the walls of Jericho because Claudette Colbert refused to undress in front of the camera. I thought that was weird because it seems like that's kind of part of the story. Like if the actress had been fine undressing in front of the camera, first of all, would they put that in a 1930s movie? They may have shown like an underslip or something. I mean, she did take her shirt off at one point and you kind of saw like a a slip dress. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so would they put more than that in in a 1930s movie? I was kind of surprised they put that in the movie. But also, could they justify that with the story? Like, she's just undressing in front of this guy that she doesn't really like yet? That would have been uh, a big scandal. Yeah, so it seems weird. Like, so if there wasn't initially the walls of Jericho until she objected to that scene, what were they going to do? That's a good question. I I don't know. Well, if only Matt had the answer. He might. Look, I'm in a com- I'm in a competition with Matt right now. He, oh, he's gotcha. not even aware. He's I'm- bruising the fragile ego. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I've got a couple more. Mm-hmm. This was the first movie to win every major award for which it was nominated for the Academy Awards, including Best Picture, and the others subsequently included Gigi, The Last Emperor, mm-hmm. and The Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, which I I'm so happy that that's part of that club. 
I mean, all, all three of the Lord of the Rings movies probably should have won, but that's neither here nor there anymore. <laughs> anyway. Well, and it this, certainly wasn't going to be The Hobbit. This is also the first movie ever to feature a bride leaving her fiancé at the altar. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't even consider that. I know. Isn't that weird? Like, that seems like such an inconsequential thing, but just think about it. It had never happened before in cinema until this movie. That's huh. pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and it shows kind of a, a shift, a cultural shift about marriage and our viewpoints. Yeah, this was a progressive movie. Yeah, for for <laughs> for something censored, it was sure progressive. <laughs> Look, did she bleed when anyone hit her? No, because they were being nice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, my most uplifting fact, perhaps, is at the very end. So according to William L. Schurer's Berlin Diary... This picture was one of Adolf Hitler's and Joseph Stalin's favorite movies. Well, that kind of takes it down a peg. Like, I think it loses a point just for, for that. Well, he also liked Chaplin. Oh, did he see The Great Dictator? I don't think he did. But he did like Chaplin. <laughs> this guy is doing a fantastic homage to someone. I don't know who. <laughs> but he's so handsome. Uh, th- that's my last standard trivia, but I have three that I've listed at the end that are goofs. Oh, okay. So I can read those perhaps after Matt's stuff. Okay. Gable was such a force in popular opinion. There's a scene in the film where he's shown not wearing an undershirt. As a result, undershirt sales plummeted nationwide. You know what? Actually, that that stuck out to me as well. He was taking off a shirt, and I was like, he's not wearing an undershirt? Who doesn't wear an undershirt? Especially then. But yeah, back then, I guess during the filming that day, he just didn't put one on. And because of that, everyone's like, I don't need one either. I'm going to be like Clark Gable, damn it. <laughs> I think I am going to be like Clark Gable. I honestly, over the course of my professional career, I have amassed a gigantic war chest of undershirts. I think I'm going to throw them all away now. So uh, he said a good film to compare this to are the characters and their behaviors from an earlier film called Trouble in Paradise, which predates the production code by two years. And you can see the difference in behavior compared to traditional romance and screwball comedies. So it, it gives a better showing of how they had to interject this new flavor to replace scenes that would otherwise be considered eroticism. Interesting. Oh, uh, kind of on that note, on the note of things being needed to change slightly. So Frank Coppola had Coppola. See, this is what I'm saying. It's too <laughs> similar. They need to merge. Frankie Capra. These two people need to merge. They both made all of these movies. So when he was, a, he had originally written the screenplay, he was showing it around to people and people were, they, they didn't really like it. So he took it to a uh, playwright, a friend of his, and he said that he needed to make the characters more sympathetic. So yeah. I imagine the men in this movie being less sympathetic. They went to sensitivity training. That's the best they could do. <laughs> well, I'm saying, you know, nobody's <laughs> bleeding at the end of this movie. They had to limit scenes in these types of films where the characters kiss until after they've already established that they had fallen in love. And then it was okay to show. The, but they never kiss in this movie, so problem yeah. solved. Yeah. And if they did kiss, then they would usually have to follow it up with a line like, let's get married. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they've known each other for five minutes. Let's allow time. let's yeah. allow God into our lives. Yeah. And, and then only then can the walls of Jericho fall. <laughs> I will only allow myself into you when God is with me. So it's Norgy? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I only double team with God. <laughs> Please get that on <laughs> <laughs> filthy. <laughs> filthy dirty nasty that's how god is though you know and he's just not, and just like not zeus just 
But just like God and Santa, Clark Gable was watching her while she was sleeping. Yeah. Many t- twice, at least in this movie. Yeah. He just, I mean, and that's where Edward Cullen gets it. You know, he just sometimes got to oh. stare at the person sleeping. Normally, if I'm staring at Mark when he's sleeping, I say, if you snore one more time, I'm just going to. See a bad snorer? Sometimes it usually is if he is sleeping on his back, which is my fault because I cuddle him. So like if I cuddle up to him, he's on his back. But yeah, yeah. so it's my fault. It's definitely your fault. Yeah. All right. So are you done with uh, Matt Fontaine's getting scooped by Zachary Hour? Yeah, yeah. Now he's going to have to listen to this and work to Scoopy again. I, although, yeah, he needs I, he needs to bring his A game. If he's going to be doing this, I do a lot of research before these episodes. <laughs> he's going to try to scoop me. Me. He's just a natural wealth of knowledge. Like, I would love, I, I again, when we do our Citizen Kane episode, I would love for him to be here. Uh, well, by natural, you just mean he's done his research before and he, he remembers it. Well, he, he's been to a lot of schools and has just done copious amounts of film study he's just a wealth of knowledge i'm a wealth of google <laughs> and i think you guys would have some lively uh kubrickian conversations hey man if he's going to agree with me i would love to have him on the show he loves kubrick yeah yeah well, he's definitely gonna be on the show then. yeah so anyway so i've got three goofs before we can move on to act three yeah, yeah. so see if you can uh remember as these happen okie dokie so this is an order of interestingness by the third one it's not going to be interesting at all okay all right. Sure. <laughs> so the first one. <laughs> why would you start with boring? <laughs> like, why would you bring boring to the table? Uh, well, because honestly, I wanted to have a goof section, and most of the goofs were not interesting. All right. So All right. I got the three most interesting, and the last of the three is kind of not interesting. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm here for it. Let's All right. go. All right. So the first one, which is interesting, mm-hmm. keep in mind. Ellie Andrews calls Peter by his name at the train terminal before she actually knows it. In a later scene, she asks him what his name is. <laughs> I, d- I didn't notice. That's a, that's a dumb one. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's a dumb one. <laughs> oh, uh, Capra. Poor Capra or or Coppola. Coppola? Coppola. Coca-Cola? Look, just merge your names. You're the same person. <laughs> or beverage. <laughs> or beverage. <laughs> when Alan asks the auto camp owner to use the telephone, she is refused permission and directed to go to the sheriff's office to use their phone. However, a newspaper reporter later says that she telephoned her father from an auto camp. Oh, they couldn't get their story straight. No. So that's another continuity problem. It seems like they had done a rewrite or something. And I guess it was to make the inn owners more puritanical. Yeah. Like, well, we're not going to let you use our telephone. It seems silly though. Like, uh, why she would that have been a rewrite? aggressive. The wife. The wife. Yeah, she was really into interested in what was going on there. Yeah. If they're even married. <laughs> <laughs> and she has her insomnia, so she's just gonna watch people all night. I mean, that's what you gotta do sometimes. Well, I mean, if I were owning an inn in you know that back, you could backwater area of the U.S. No, I don't care about that, but like New if Jersey. Yeah, if you've got nothing else going on in your life and you've got insomnia, I guess I would wash or wash. I would watch the, the uh You would wash people while they <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Let me just uh do a little face mask here. <laughs> yes, I would wash people while they sleep. <laughs> I would wash all of my in patrons. Is that why I woke up soapy so many times at the apartment? <laughs> well, you woke up before I could rinse you off. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> anyway, so the last one, this is the last one. Remember, I told you this is not interesting. Uh-huh. Okay, so the last one. Mm-hmm. When Peter is chasing after the police escort that Ellen is riding in, the road has a solid line down the middle. As he pulls over to the side of the road, he gets a flat tire. Now, when the shot shows the flat tire, there is no line in the middle of the road. It's a different road. 
<clears throat> that's not interesting, is it? It's not that. It's not that interesting. I mean, yeah, it's it's all right. See, I just felt like those scenes where he's driving, like there's clearly screens around him, like so. It's like it never occurred to me that it was an actual. Yeah, well, I mean, they they had some location shooting. I mean, when they did the train and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you actually, I mean, it's it's obviously a real road that they're driving down. But when they got the close up of the tire being flat, they must have filmed that at a different road. Gotcha. But in my opinion, that's not that interesting. Movies have weird inconsistencies like that. If you look at details, you're going to notice a ton of stuff like that. I always look at people's beverages because those never stay the same. Same with cigarettes. Yeah. Because well, because see cigarettes, cigarettes now. Well, that's true, but especially in older movies, because cigarettes naturally just work them their way down. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do many takes of this, you have to start with a cigarette at the same length and make sure that as you as you go on, you're going to edit stuff together. You have to edit it together where the cigarette is kind of the same length. Uh, it seems like such a pain. It, I'm sure it was. Yeah, like one of, one of the things that I noticed, say, like in The Kingsman is one of the scenes where in the pub and Eggsy's there having a, a beer and the, the kind of gangster father-in-law or whatever we call him comes oh, into yeah. the room uh, to fight him. Was he in-law or step? Was he a step, stepdad? Step, not in-law. You're right. Yeah. He's not married yet. But if you look at the... the pints of beer that they're drinking they're never consistently the same place it drove me crazy (laughs) because Colin Firth at one of the scenes had almost like finished the entire beer Mm -hmm. and like I'm like and then maybe they just brought him another one real quick yeah the the waiter's like you're about to have an altercation have a beer (laughs) (laughs) you're not going to want to feel this here drink up Anyway, yeah, no, but actually similar things like that happened in this movie. I didn't write them down because they were even less interesting than my last one. Mm -hmm. But stuff like when uh, they were in the room and they had he brought them donuts. Mm -hmm. They started off with six donuts and then the camera cut and there were only two. Man, he ate a lot of donuts that day. Yeah. And there were other similar things like, you know, every time the camera cut her handkerchief changed sides. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when the, the guy drove off with their luggage. People in love. That guy was ridiculous. <laughs> what was? Why did they include that in the movie? That's so random. <laughs> Just a random, like a musical theater I nut. Never hungry. That's <laughs> so odd. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, yeah. So when uh, Clark Abel went off and like murdered that guy mm-hmm. and stole his his car, <laughs> he came back and the luggage was in the back, and then he stopped and the luggage fell down. Then the camera cut, and then the luggage was back up again. Stuff like that. But you're gonna see that in every movie yeah it's not that bad yeah anyway all right let's move on to uh, act three movie analysis mm-hmm. uh as a reminder my nostalgia rating was a 7.5 out of 10 oh and zach's predicted was a six i was looking at myself in the mirror and i started to see lines and stuff fine lines and wrinkles are you moisturizing no i don't moisturize ever well there you go your Should... skin's gonna pay the price for that one what <laughs> there's manly moisturizers no i don't think it's unmanly i just don't think about it i'm not a vain person so i just don't ever but you're the one who noticed a wrinkle yeah i looked at myself for the first time in like 10 years <laughs> oh this is what's happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah it made me kind of sad i was like oh my youth is slipping away you know i'll be 30 in a month the dirty 30 welcome to the club almost exactly a month what's what's today's date Today is January the 3rd to date ourselves and how far behind we are when we record to when we release. By we, she's meaning me because I'm not editing fast enough. You only miss one deadline so far. 
Although in my brain, I was I wanted to release two Christmas episodes together in, in Christmas week, mm-hmm. but I would have had to release one on Monday and then another one on Wednesday, and that was too tight. So I decided to not release anything the whole week. <laughs> <That'll> <laughs> that, show was, <laughs> that was my compromise. I'm like, I'm not gonna do anything. So we'll see how that works out. In the end, <laughs> history will be on my side. I think. Sure. Look, it's almost my birthday. Give give that to me. Okay, what are you? Like, it's my birthday two months. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going to be my two-month birthday, period. By the time it gets to your birthday month, You'll though, forgive me? That, and we'll also have a special treat. By that time, we should reach our 20th episode. <gasps> It'll be a spectacular, spectacular. And we're going to release the Groundhog Day episode on my birthday, February 2nd. Are we? Oh, did I not tell you? Because I've seen Groundhog Day. That's the whole point of it, though, if you'll see it over and over and over again. So one of the things that uh, we did discuss for the 20th episode special is having Zach pick the movie. And there you go. But it can't be one I've seen. (laughs) I'm sorry. Are you stifling me? This is my choice. Yeah, but if you get to stifle me with the, you know, your 2000 only. uh, That's the whole concept of the show, though. And you get to Golden Buzz. I do, I, and I have a couple golden buzzers planned. You and you already kind of pre-buzzed with a couple movies that are post yeah. two thousand. <laughs> so you've got nothing to complain about. It's not a complaint, but it's hard to act like new and like coming in with fresh eyes. Did we at the beginning of the movie or beginning of the movie, beginning of the podcast? I think we clearly state the title of the movie. I don't recall that we've done that yet. It comes at night, or also known as it happened one night. Are those is uh, it comes one night? Is that a good movie? I don't know. I don't know that movie. Well, like it's either a Pornhub version of something or it's a horror movie. It could it, go either way. It sounds like a horror movie. Like it sounds like a vampire kind of thing. Okay. But anyway, so this is you know she's having a little conversation with her father. This is the opening of the movie. He's like, "Hey, don't marry that guy. I know he's a king. I don't know what he's a king of exactly, but I know he's married. kind of a little douchebag." He's, he's not actually a king. He was named king. He's the king of Belgravia. <laughs> Belarus. No, she already married him. and he's, But he wants to get this whole situation annulled. He does not approve of this hey, gentleman. Correct. And I think that you should cancel the legal proceedings forthwith. <laughs> and heretofore. <laughs> <laughs> and I want you to <laughs> and instead I'd like you to marry this guy who you've already told me hates my guts mm-hmm. and thinks that I raised you wrong. I think he sounds special. Please marry him instead. Ooh, Vittles. <laughs> so that, that's a line. He he gets excited about the Vittles. Yes, who doesn't like Vittlemane? So something interesting about this film when the opening credits are happening is something that I'm not used to seeing in current or contemporary films, which is it says the players as if we are about to watch a play. A play. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good point. Also, something that I remarked upon while watching this movie is that there are almost no credits at the beginning and exactly zero credits at the end. Ah, did anyone times. get did, <laughs> did anyone get paid for this movie? <laughs> no one. Because that and that's part of the problem with Columbia Pictures, Poverty Row. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't hire anybody for this. <laughs> they didn't hire and they forgot to credit them, so really just it was nobody a got paid. Circle of poverty. Yep, yeah, nobody got paid, nobody got any credit for it. I wonder actually does does did IMDb kind of account for that? Do they have more credits listed for this movie than actually appear in the movie? Let's check it out. Because that's actually kind of fascinating. Credits, not too many listed. It looks like there's only two writers, the one director. Is there something to expand for crew? A lot of extras. 
Okay. Well, this is more than was shown in the uh, the credits. Uncredited. Yeah, because uh, it's like, you know, the background people at the bus stop. Apparently the bus driver was Clark Gable's friend. Oh, very good friend. So, yeah, there, there's more people listed. All right, so IMDb but they, tracked them down. They do also say uncredited, so that's interesting. Well, because nobody was actually credited in the movie except for like a handful of people. But right. it's it's cool that we actually have record of this. Yeah. And Columbia didn't completely, you know, screw over a bunch of people. Yeah. So what's happening? Uh, we're, we're on the boat. He is insisting on an annulment. Yep. This is your timestamp. Yeah, this is the, the scene I was acting out for you in loving detail. I don't want you to marry this kaputschk. I don't know if that was I don't know if that was Yiddish or if that was Italian. I don't know what it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what he is. He's a kaputschk. Wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, you'll notice that the camera shows a nice little de- delightful view out of the window here. Against King. He's a fake, Gilly. He's one of the best flyers in the country. No one of the best flyers in the country? Yeah, uh, pilots were kind of celebrities at the time because it was so rare to... They, there was more, um, like the Rocketeer, there was more kind of sporting events around a uh, small plane flying. Yeah. I gotta say, the, the plane slash helicopter or the auto gyro he flies in I on at the end of the movie... I thought he was going to decapitate himself. <laughs> I did too, actually. It looked really dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> the blades were so close to the ground and he actually you see another shot of the blades still spinning and him walking out kind of he went really through close. three hats <laughs> how many heads did he go through <laughs> at least two <laughs> <laughs> but it's a wild looking gizmo that yeah. that auto gyro uh, who's a what's it <laughs> yeah i actually i read the the actual model of that thing and it had a registration number of that exact one mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of odd information to have jotted down about something in a movie but whatever it must have been kind of the antecedent of a uh, of a helicopter. Mm-hmm. But why did it have wings? What a weird hybrid. Yeah, no, it was a bizarre machine. Like, it almost looked like it had, like, a bike pedal on it that he was, like, pedaling. <laughs> I know, because it looked like it would have been a terrible plane because the propellers would stop it from doing its thing. It's both a terrible plane and a terrible helicopter. I know. It's what the, the worst. <laughs> what were they thinking? Anyway, that, none of that happens in this scene. In this scene, they're on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> a nice little leisure yacht. Yes. So, anyway, they're on this little boat. They're having a conversation about how the father is not very happy with who she's marrying. But if you'll notice out of the window... We get a little, uh, it's not obviously not a green screen, but it's a projector on a sheet behind the window showing, water ripples. showing the water, but just the angle, we're kind of at a, we're looking out at her. Notice where, where we see the underside of her chin. So the camera is kind of pointing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you would expect to see the horizon somewhere out there. Yeah, but then you would have to like show a cityscape. Well, they, yeah, maybe. They're not actually going to Miami. Yeah, so, well, and actually you do see some hills outside, and so it's clearly, like, outside California or something. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting, because if we were seeing this view, mm-hmm. the boat would be capsizing. <laughs> or, uh, in, you know, sailing term, if, if it was a sailboat, they'd be keeling. Well, um, I, I actually have keeling in my notes. Keeling slash capsizing. Yeah. They, I don't know if they'd be going under, pa- but... Powerboat, the, yeah, they, they're about, something. They're, something bad's about to happen. They would be noticing. They, they'd be noticing. They'd also be falling to their side. Yeah, I was going to say, everything on the table would be gone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that's all I had. This was kind of a little visual gag, but you said you've got something coming up at uh, 2.40? Yeah, it's just I love... The way that the the father and daughter kind of bicker here. There's a line about being stubborn idiots and come from a long line of stubborn idiots. <laughs> and I just love how kind of look at his match. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great still frame. You could stick a hot dog in there, but <laughs> several. I think you could get like three wieners in there. But. It's <laughs> 
it just really sets the tone for how quickly they go through dialogue because either people back then really talked that quickly or this was a stylized thing that they did for cinema but i just it's exhausting it's fatiguing how quick they talk oh really i didn't get the the fatigue i mean i i did i guess it's a speed thing i didn't even really notice that it was faster speech cadence than modern Mm -hmm. but i did notice that everybody was kind of doing this sort of thing which is you know obviously you can make fun of that for old movies people talk like this and i don't know if there was the sound equipment or they were just doing this because the microphones maybe picked it up better or maybe people just talk like this back then i'm not really sure and try to use ajax soap it's crisp it's clean it'll clean your things it's ajax (laughs) (laughs) it'll clean your crack i thought that's where you're going (laughs) i use crack it is crack ajax Ajax. <laughs> so um if we just want to continue through here to when she's diving off the boat just to kind of get that dialogue set the expectation if you're not used to watching old films it's this fast throughout the entire thing i'll shout if i want to i'll scream if i want to all right scream if you don't let me off this boat i'll break every piece of furniture in this room have a nice piece of juicy steak <laughs> you don't have to eat it just smell it it's a poem a poem so on one hand, Ooh, her eyebrows. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. I never actually made a comment on that in my notes, but what is the deal with her eyebrows? Well, that that's the style. Like back style. Then. Clown was a style. It was the fashion at the time, just to have those like French, perfectly French clown was a style. No. So you see this repeated in the nineties, where it's the over tweezed look. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the over tweezed is one thing, but she has painted it all the way to her hairline. Yeah. And it's little perfect little. Half moons, Look, it semicolons are it, her eyeballs. It doesn't actually disappear. <laughs> it's just infinitesimally thin until it reaches into her ear. And what, what what's going on with that? Come on. No, no. As a woman, you must defend this. She has beautiful eyelashes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why I, do I have to defend <laughs> it? <laughs> I like that it took you a while to register that that's not your job. <laughs> I, I'm just so used to getting jobs that aren't my jobs testing me that I'm just like, okay, well, here would wait a minute. <laughs> well, excuse me. I'm minute bitter. I'm minute bitter. So, okay, yeah, her eyebrows are, are one thing, but also something about, I don't know if it's like the she hair. her own things. Yeah, well, it's the hair that's kind of laying completely flat on her skull. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if it's like a comment of like the makeup. Her lipstick also doesn't go out to the edges of her mouth, mm-hmm. I guess, to make her look more childlike or something. I don't really know. So, it, I mean, I will say that that was kind of in 1920s fashion. That's where I'm kind of used to seeing that kind of flapper look. She definitely has a flapper appearance to her. She looks honestly, I'm going to be mean. Can I be mean for a moment? Sure. Her hair looks like wet dog. Like she, it looks like it's plastered down. Like she just got wet and didn't do anything with it. Looks like a cocker spaniel's ear. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know what that style. This was never good looking. I will say that I'm saying that with confidence. People in this movie said she looked good. I think they were lying. Well, with enough money, anyone can look good. Hey, that's a good point. Actually. (laughs) I mean, take Frank, what's his face from always sending Philadelphia. Oh, I thought like, thought you were going to Zuckerberg. I'm like, that's not Frank. Frank, yeah, Frank Zuckerberg. That's his uncle. <laughs> He's made a bunch of money residually. <laughs> he just gets a birthday card every year with a Chris Fiber. <laughs> Chris Five Mill. <laughs> it's a very happy birthday card. <laughs> I would love to have that. You know, just getting a nice birthday card with a crisp Five Mill. <laughs> Bills going millions now. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the Zuckerberg family, you can make it happen. <laughs> it's it's a it's a new mint. It's got. 
the Zuckerberg face on it. Mark Zuckerberg uh. and his emotionless robot face. <laughs> anyway, like these are all controllable things. So interesting factoid about, I don't know if she is one that did this, but um, Catherine Hepburn, she removed her own back teeth to give herself a more gaunt defined cheekbone. That's wild. Like she did. She didn't like do it herself. She <laughs> <laughs> Not like with a pair of pliers. And yeah. Well, I question her dedication. Ah, ah. sorry, sorry. <laughs> Those uh, my dad used to help me get rid of baby teeth with pliers. Oh, I so think you every, told yes. that story on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm still blown away by that. So today, when he was helping me with a plumbing issue at my house, and he, he took asked out for his pliers, the pliers. <laughs> he, he's like, "Hand me the pliers." I'm like, eh. <laughs> "I don't want it. What are you doing with them?" <laughs> I'm under the sink. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm closing my mouth. <laughs> You don't have any baby teeth. You're going to go looking. <laughs> You're going to go looking. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was an interesting childhood you had. Yeah. 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 better for it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You can't sleep. Shut up. It's too real. <laughs> it's too real. Oh, so her man. eyebrows. Let's talk about those some more. No, the cheekbones. Let's get on the cheekbones. Okay. Let's get on. <laughs> anyway, we can, we can get off that topic. I, I'm tired of being mean. Okay, so uh, I was just going to watch this through to her jumping to the water. Ooh, are we about to see the slap as well? Yep. Let's see. Ooh! She was being a little bit of a brat. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, she has got no dignity anywhere in this movie. Yeah. But the the, the slap. Oh, they'll wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ellie! Ellie! She also has Ellie! a super, like, old school white woman Ellie! body. <laughs> like no curves anywhere. Yeah, no. Well, they they did a remarkable job of hiding shape because I'm surprised she knew how to swim in a full dress as well. Yeah, that that thing would have weighed a ton. It was silk. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy how uh, bad life was for women mm-hmm. when it would come to that. Like I'm just gonna jump off this boat. We're off the coast of Miami, mm-hmm. and I will swim to shore in a full dress. So. Things of note about, I don't know if you've been to Miami, but you know, the tropical waters. I have not. So water there can be a little choppy in the beach, depending on where they are. Is um, it a surfer's haven? No, it, it's just not good enough waves for a proper surf. Okay. At least in the parts of Miami that I've been to, I have family that are there, but. Um, I've been to Fort Bippity Bippity. I went to Marty's wedding is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, that was Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale. but he lives now in Miami. Yeah. Anyway, so Princess I, I Marty, hello. hello. So I, anyway, I went to their wedding and they had it on the beach and it was super nice and such. But that's my only experience. I was in fact there with you. Floridian water weather. You almost lost your Wii. Excuse me. When we flew down there, you brought your gaming system. So oh, we the Switch. It, the Switch. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> not, like not, a, not Wii. Switch. I've never Sorry. owned a Nintendo console called a Wii. So when you said I almost lost my Wii, I was like, did I like pee in the wind or something? <laughs> no, you, you just accidentally left it in the car and we just kind of hopped into this like weird rent- no. rental car thing. I remember that. Didn't I have to like go back and, oh, somebody brought it back or something? He, he brought remember. it back. Okay. Yeah. yeah really nice of him. Yeah, it was because you're like, well, this is the last ILC of this. <laughs> <laughs> I really, yeah, I did not believe I was going to get that back. So that yeah. was, he deserved, did I give him a reward? I think he tipped him. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Crisp five mil. <laughs> Just like a Zuckerberg. <laughs> like I am. Yeah. In my heart, I'm a Zuckerberg. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're a human. <laughs> I'm a human. Well, I mean, it wasn't a real $5 million. I just oh, had a piece of paper that I wrote. one of those for... that, like, it looks like money, but on the back it's like a prayer. It was an I. <laughs> it was a, I pray for $5 million for you. <laughs> just as good. Just as good. It is. 
Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. uh, did you want to see more in this? No, 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 no. Uh, no, 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 no. So, how far did she have to swim? Were they just off the coast? Is that yeah, what they said? It looked like they were just off the coast. Like, um, but my guess that was still a hefty swim. And for someone who lived mm-hmm. that kind of pampered lifestyle, I have to think she wasn't used to physical fitness or exercise. Heck no. And she's wearing, as we said, like this long silk nightgown. She would have never made it to shore. She Heck would have no. drowned, got eaten by a shark, or mm-hmm. stung by a jellyfish. Stung by a shark, eaten by a jellyfish. So I think that it, it's it's a super interesting that they didn't even give a give chase at all. Like they saw her swim away, and then they hopped in a boat. They're like, "We'll get you." They they come back like, "Oh, we couldn't get to her." Yeah, because so, she can swim faster than your boat. Well, maybe it took too long for them to rig the boat, or maybe she paid them off. Oh, that's a good point. She did say in Lannister, true Lannister fashion, uh, whatever my dad's paying you, I'll double it. <laughs> like, where is she getting her money? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. How is Who she going to do that? <laughs> what would she do in Ellie? Yeah. She's an assassin. <laughs> I love how cute you said. She's an assassin. She's an assassin. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. And also, so she swims back to shore. And then later on, they're like, okay, we couldn't, we couldn't catch up to her in our boats. Fired. Well, not only that, but they were like, all right, check the airports, check the thing going over here and over here. Like she's, there's a very predictable path that she has to go. Probably the shortest line from the boats to the shoreline. Mm -hmm. Just go to the shore. She's going to be there. (laughs) Yeah, but she, she can go there, but we're not letting her leave the area. I just, yeah, they're in big boats. They can get there. So she went to the bus depot. The bus depot where all the buses go mm-hmm. when they're mm-hmm. sad and lonely. All right. My next one is uh, <laughs> dating service for vehicles. Buses. For buses. <laughs> we got your Greyhounds. They're the older ones. You know, they, they're later like in life. The, the 50 and up dating service. Exactly. Greyhound bus depot. And uh, name me another bus service. I'll wait. I don't remember the name. Mega Megabus. Mega Megabus Depot. Okay. So that, that's for that's for uh, you know the young hip crowd. You the know. Megas. Yeah, mega. The, the alphas. You know, alpha and megas. <laughs> that's the name of the service. The alpha megas. <laughs> anyway, you know that's that's that. My next one is twenty six minutes in. Ooh, mine is at five seventeen. Oh my, going um, regular style. My my. What I liked about this is just how. Here is this, uh, yes, he's an alcoholic, but he's a famous journalist. He is drunk at a bus stop in Miami for some reason. We don't know why he's in Miami. No. But he's making For a story, he's got to spin the yarn. (laughs) But he's making this big to-do about impressing these other drunken bums around him. Yeah, I didn't know for a, a long time into the movie until I could finally just assess that his personality was to kind of work people up around him. Mm Mm-hmm. But there was no explanation as like, are these his friends? Are these just strangers? What's going on here? Yeah, we no idea. But he's like, he's like, uh, hmm, this isn't going well. But I made or make these guys think it is. Also, they they come away from that calling him the king, which is actually Clark Gable's real nickname. I know. I was gonna. You scooped me. Scooped. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so but they call him the king, which mm-hmm. seems like it would have been a prearranged thing, like that was already his nickname, which is what made me think that they were his friends. They were at least friends at the bar. I don't know. For you, if you beg me on your hands and knees, and I hope this will be a lesson to you. Huh? No, your mother's a whore. Did we tell that baby? So what has happened to men with these mustaches? 
You know, he looks kind of like Raul Julia. Or John Waters. Or Gomez Adams. Or Gomez Adams. Perfect, yeah. Make way for the king. And he's arm in arm with them and looking like he belongs like this. And they made confetti for him to throw. (laughs) (laughs) They're sprinkling like bourbon or something at his feet. (laughs) I don't know what that's about. Oh, and then um, my next one is at 7-Eleven, which is just, I think, my favorite fight sequence ever. Just Just the back and forth. And this... This back and forth that he has with the bus driver actually made me think that you would like his character a whole lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> all right, I'll fall for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all the passengers loved it. Papers, what's the idea of throwing them out? Oh, oh the papers? Oh. Yeah, it's a long story, my friend. I never did like the idea of sitting on newspapers. I did it once and all the headlines came over my white pants. On the level, it actually happened. Nobody bought a paper that day. They just followed me around over town and read the news off the seat of my pants. Oh, fresh guy, huh? Ah, fresh Dude, guy. He's a good sock on the nose. Now listen, partner. You may not like my nose, but I do. <laughs> I always wear it out in the open, where if anybody wants to take a sock at it, they can do it. So... I, I <laughs> it's nice that he didn't come back with, oh, yeah. There's, yeah. It was a little bit more uh, thought put into his response. Yeah. But there's kind of a hallmark of these 1930s insults and comebacks <laughs> that are just very random. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always wear it on my face and if just so that anyone sees it they could take a swing at it if they want like what okay (laughs) oh yeah now that's a brilliant answer why didn't I think of it our conversation could have been over long ago oh yeah if you keep that up we're not going to get anywhere (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) you got me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've lost the crowd. I'm going to go away now. Go back a little humble. <laughs> Excuse me, lady, but that upon which you sit is mine. Oh, yeah. I beg your pardon. Now, listen, I put up a stiff fight for that seat. So if it's just the same to you, scram. Driver, are these seats reserved? No, nah, first come, first serve. Driver, my eyebrows have gotten stuck in some of the mechanics of the seat. I'm going to need some scissors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the scissors. <laughs> so my next is 1921, which I call the introduction of the extremely skeevy guy stereotype. And it's good to know that as far as sketchy guys go, they really haven't changed all that much. Although I will say that this guy, I guess it's skeevy. He's skeevy. Or, yeah, he's skeevy. He is. But he's also, he's seemingly very self-aware or unself-aware or self-unaware, however you'd like to phrase that, as to whether people are appreciating his company. Yeah. Because I- it doesn't seem like he knows he's being skeevy and is just pressing into it anyway. He seems like he doesn't, he doesn't really know that people aren't comfortable with what he's doing. So as a woman who has been, and this is not exclusive to women. Women can be predatory. Or men can be predatory to other men. But yeah. 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 Sorry. I, I'm not trying to be exclusive. But in my experience as a lady who at a bar was pursued and felt up by someone who I was clearly not interested in, yeah. I will say that, yeah, they a, a lot of people who are predatory are unaware of someone's disinterest or they just don't care. So it's either... Un, it, 
I don't even know if one's better than the other, that you're unaware that you're being a creeper or... Oh, yeah. I mean, being a creeper is being a creeper. So whether you're unaware or not... If you're aware you're doing it, then you are scum. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, one, one is definitely worse than the other, but from the yeah. perspective of the person being harassed, yeah, no. they're kind of equal Yeah, in the moment. In the moment, yeah. Later on, when you find out that they knew that they were making you uncomfortable... Right, yeah, then, then it becomes worse. Then you want to sock them in the nose. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like my nose. Yeah. So uh, this is skeevy McSkeeve pants. Yeah. Did I tell you I was on a Greyhound bus with uh, a murderer? No. I never told you that? No. Yeah, I was coming back from North Carolina, I think, or maybe I was going to North Carolina on a Greyhound. I'd never been on a Greyhound bus before. And you never went again. That is correct. <laughs> I sat next to a murderer. How did you know? You told me. So this was is a multi-hour trip to get a, a fresh seat, like away from you, or like you did. Uh, like, I didn't move. Vacate. Yeah, I didn't move. I probably should have. But <laughs> if uh, someone told me they were a murderer, how? Well, okay. But so. I also okay. So this is maybe a, a masculine perspective, but I, it also seemed like maybe if I moved, it would let him know that he freaked me out, and then he would continue to bully me. Oh. So I didn't move. I, I don't know I, the 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 what is it the. Um, the yard rules of uh, intimidation. I don't know. It was prison yard rules. I, and again, yeah. I, I don't know if that's that sort of thing or if it's a masculine thing or if it's just an anybody thing, hmm. but that was my instinct at the time. I didn't want him to, I didn't want him to think that he had gotten into my head at all. If he smells the fear, it will cause more problems. Seriously. I didn't know that if that was going to be the case. <laughs> anyway, he told me that he had just got out of prison uh -huh. for killing his best friend. And for I, what reason? And I asked him if it was an accident. He said, no. I didn't ask him to elaborate any more than that. Okay. But he kind of went into some of the other things, a little bit of backstory, but I was, you know, freaking out a little bit. So I, d I didn't retain all of that, <laughs> but I spent a multi hour trip huh, with this fella this sitting next to me. This is how I go. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Hey, but he, seriously, he talked to me for pretty much the whole ride. That was wild. <laughs> so did you get the, the implication that while the murder was intentional, like there was some kind of like, rage like what was the rationale behind the murder so i i think i asked him a couple of follow-up questions and it was kind of trying to like i was basically hope, hoping that it was the case and and trying to tease out of him that he either had to do it in self-defense fell on my knife he <laughs> fell on my knife nine times <laughs> so I, yeah i was trying to get out of him that maybe it was self-defense or something like that and every time i would ask him a question he would just say no so he wouldn't go into exactly why he did it. Oh, I'll tell you, I murdered the, someone, but I won't implicate myself further. Yeah, so he didn't He didn't say that... Uh, he looked like a cup. <laughs> why, why he did it, but he said it was not self-defense. It was not an accident. Oh, dear. So that was... Uh, oh, Boise. That was a crazy bus ride. So I don't take greyhounds anymore, no. <laughs> kind of marred your experience. <laughs> My first and only greyhound experience, and I sat next to a murderer. If that is not an indictment of the greyhound uh, overall experience, the, the fleet of greyhounds. Yeah. So my my question to you, and I'm sorry I didn't think to to ask: mm -hmm. Do bus movies like this cause you a little bit of uh, PTSD? Alarm! A little bit of alarm. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, man, I wish we had done the alarm when there was a good uh, microphone for me. Alarm! Uh, oh, when it was more high-pitched, <laughs> yeah, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could still make you more high-pitched, I think, in no, the settings. No, but, uh, so, so we're watching Skeevy McSkeevy Bus. All right, here we go. Get acquainted. It's going to be a long trip. Gets tiresome later on, especially for somebody like you. You look like you've got class. <laughs> yes, sir. He looks And I'm what the guy that? that knows class when he sees it. Believe you me. 
Ask any of the boys, they'll tell you. Shapely sure knows how to pick up. Ask any of the boys. Which boys? What boys? Are they at hand? Uh, yes, I would like to see your credentials. Which boys should I infer with? <laughs> uh, yes, I'd like to see some of the boys. Get them out of the back. Boys! <laughs> Who you call them boys? <laughs> yes, sir. Shapely's a name, and that's the way I like them. You made no mistake. <laughs> she plays the way, and that's just the way. Well, I'm sorry. She's not a shapely person, first no, of all. No, she is uh, straight up and down. Yeah. Uh, she's made of cardboard, I mean, is what she is. That is technically a shape. Flat is a shape. Yeah, but shapely implies that it's got more, more to it. Yeah, a little more curvaceous. Could something flat and uninteresting be described as shapely? I don't think so. I think shapely actually implies curves and things. It, it implies it, but to have a shape... Flat is a shape. Sure. Boxy is a shape. Yeah. Is it desirable? Um, That's up to the individual. Yeah, exactly. So maybe he likes them straight shaped. Yeah, my name is Shapely. I'm not particular. (laughs) (laughs) Probably true. Ask any of the fellas. I like them rich and straight. But I don't know if you're rich, so I'll just say, mm, no, he's shapely. no, but doesn't he say he's like, I know you look like a sophisticated person. Look at these garments and things like that. Oh, I'd like to see oh, him on my hotel floor. Gross. No, he didn't say anything about our garments, but he said, like, you seem like you're a sophisticated broad, like uh, cold tempered. Mm. I, I like cold tempered women. He says that. <laughs> I like my women cold. Because they heat up is what he says. And that's like the. Just between us, the kind of mugs you meet on a hop like this ain't nothing to write home with the wife about. You gotta be awful careful who you hit it up with, is what I always say, and you can't be too particular neither. You gotta be awfully careful about the people you hit it up with, but also don't be too particular neither. Yeah, because the, uh, that way you don't get it wet. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a pervy expression to mean, like, uh, get with a woman. Oh, so yeah. you mean get the your member wet? Yeah. Oh. It's it's dirty. Why'd you have to go there? <laughs> Sorry. You've, you've soiled this podcast. <laughs> it was something that was uh, I, I overheard in college and it stuck with me. Ew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just wants to get it wet. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, no, but those two thoughts, you got to be uh, very careful about the people you associate with, but also don't be too particular. Yeah. Those but, two things contradict each other. Yeah. You got to ride somewhere in the middle. Especially on a Greyhound. Okay. Yes, especially on a Greyhound. <laughs> anyway. Let's go. What's the matter, sister? You ain't saying much. Seems to me you're doing excellently without any assistance. <laughs> That's pretty good. Seems to me you're doing excellently without any assistance. <laughs> well, shut my big nasty mouth. <laughs> See, I can't tell. Is he being condescending or is he actually enjoying the exchange? Both. I can't tell. He's but he he's he's delighting in her discomfort. You're one up on me. You know, there's nothing I like better than to meet a high class mama that can snap back at you. <laughs> high class the mama. The older they are, the hotter they get. That's what I always say. <laughs> yes, oh, wait, sir. Oh, you said he said colder they are. The colder they are, the hotter they get. Gotcha. I thought he said older. Oh no, cold like burr. Burr. When a cold mama gets hot, boy, how she sizzles. <laughs> this guy's disgusting. Now you're just my type. Believe me, sister, I could go for you in a big way. <laughs> He's so aggressive. He just never lets off the gas. No, and <laughs> there's one speed in his world, and it's quick. I know. He's just going, 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 going. He never lets a pause happen. Give her a chance to talk. But even if she didn't talk, like he knows she's not going to talk, he just keeps going. Just keeps going. Well, you're doing excellently on your own. (laughs) 
This guy's a moron. <laughs> on the side, shapely they call me, with accent on the fun. Believe you me. Believe, Believe you, you me. me. You bore me to distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're two up on me now. <laughs> hey, you. Huh? There's a seat over there for you. What's the idea? I'd like to sit next to my wife, if you don't mind. Your wife? Yeah. Come on, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, excuse me, you know, I, I was just, um, sure, I, excuse me, I just, uh, trying to make things pleasant. My, 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 my. All right, so how, I ask you how, I say again, how did they make the train rattle around? Because clearly... The bus? Yeah, bus, whatever. So how did they make this thing rattle around on the inside? Because clearly this is a set, and the background is a, a screen projector and stuff like that. So maybe the overhead compartment area and the wall is actually what's moving, but it's not. And then the screen behind them, but not actually the seats. Well, let's have a look. I, uh, the seats are moving. I've seen this in other films where they're kind of given instruction on what to do. So it could be that the actors are just doing this kind of. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, they definitely did that in Star Trek. If you see some of the stabilized Star Trek cameras, they stabilize the camera and you just see everybody very obviously just rattling around in their chair. It looks very silly. So there is a really good scene in North by Northwest, the Hitchcock film. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Well, we'll watch it eventually. But there's a scene where the lead actor is in the backseat between two cops and the driver cop takes them on a turn and both the main actor, one of the cops and the driver all lean. Uh Uh-huh. But one guy forgets to, and then you just see the main actor just look at him like. <laughs> they left that in the movie? <laughs> they left it in the movie. It is the best thing Why? ever. There's also a scene where a gun goes off, and it's in a building, and everyone is supposed to react to it, but there's a kid who knows the gunshot's coming, and it's loud, so he preemptively sticks his fingers in his ears. Come on. Uh, and little Hitchcock didn't do anything about that? No, he kept it in, because everything else was fine. You'd have to be looking for it to be. To see it. Yeah, yeah. but the, the driving thing is pretty apparent because his annoyed <laughs> face is just like, really, you're, you're not, not going to play working along? tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. What the heck was that? I mean, I just uh, trying to make things pleasant, you see. Uh, excuse me, I, I uh, mean anything, uh, Doc? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it really does uh, seem no, like no everybody's offense, bouncing doc. in time. I don't think oh, they could be doing that. That's some Bugs Bunny action. No offense, Doc. Oh, no. Yes, they're right, that right there, he like shakes off his fingers. What was that? Like he had the cigar in his hand, and so I think he thought he still did. Like, so he's like, because he seemed confused about it too. It's very odd. Yeah. Yeah, but they're definitely being jostled. Look, look at just their bodies. Mm-hmm. If you promise not to snap my head off, I'd like to thank you. Forget it. I didn't do it for you. So it might be just some sort of mechanic. I mean, it just seems like it was very early in the cinema industry for them to have had a complicated rig or something underneath the set, but I maybe mean, they the, did. The seats could have like a, a crank under them or something like yeah, that. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. So my next one is at 26 minutes. Just just checking in with you real quick. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the earlier films we've watched on this podcast mm-hmm. slash I don't know what your movie history is, but is this one of the older ones you've seen in general? This may be the oldest one. Is this the oldest one of the ones we've watched? Yes. So the other one from the 30s that I've seen is It's a Wonderful Life. I really like that movie. Also a Capra film. 
No, it's a Coppola film. <laughs> They're the same person. Uh, for, uh, on this podcast, from now on, those two people are the same. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So Frank uh, Coppola did both of these movies. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Because I liked It's Always Sunny and Wonderful Life. Yeah, the the next earliest film we watched on this is Casablanca, which was 42. Right, okay. So, yeah, I think this may be the oldest movie that I've ever seen. Although I've seen a bit of Nosferatu. Mm, Nosferatu, the uh, silent film. Yeah. yeah. So I, if I w- were to watch all of that movie, that would be the oldest. Gotcha. All right, so this is, uh, you know, they've gotten to the little hotel Clark. The weather is inclement, so the bus driver stops for the, the night. The weather outside is weather. And Clark Gable bought them a room for one. But it's got two beds. I don't know why. Because they asked and said they were married, so they'd probably only need one. Well, remember back then it was the fashion to have separate beds in was the it? same bedroom. Even for married uh, people? Yeah. Um, like if you notice older films like uh, Leave it to Beaver and um, th- they have... The, the two bedrooms set up. Now, I don't know if that was just cinematically, but um, when they first started having single beds um, for married people on TV shows and movies, it was kind of a scandal. Well, so I'm thinking maybe that was why. Maybe that was just a cinematic thing because they didn't want to show two people in the same bed. Yeah, I mean, for it's puritanical w- reasons. It still would have been uh, too sexual. Improper for them to share a room not being married. Or otherwise related. Yeah, but as far as the innkeeper people knew, they were married. Well, that's what they told them. Yeah. They cared more about getting that background information. Sure, but but as far as they know, they are married. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like at the end, newlyweds, they needed a rope and a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they going to do with that? Well, I think we all know. No, more information, please. <laughs> <laughs> we know what people in the bedroom do and with rope. And a toy bugle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the mind can conjure up a whole lot of interesting things they could be doing with a rope and what a kind of weird modern sex thing. Are they doing? <laughs> Clark Gable was ahead of the curve on yeah. that one. Yeah. All right. So anyway, they've got their room. Uh-huh. A rope. Yeah, they've got the rope, a blankie, and a whole lot of time. Get out for yourself, including this. This. Oh, it should be noted that at this point he has discovered her true identity. But the family first won't stand for our having separate establishment. I found it amusing that he uh, did he take her money away? No. So there is a gentleman who steals her suitcase that had a bulk of her funds. She only had four dollars in her wallet on her person, and so he he eventually puts her on a uh, ration. Well, yeah, so that's what I was asking. When he does that, does he take her money or does he just prevent her from using it? Prevents her from using it. Okay. Well, either way, I, I think it's hilarious how much... No, I want like, the box of chocolates. He treats her like a child. Yeah, well, in many ways, she doesn't have like street education or street smarts, and she obviously has never not had money before. But to be fair, she does also act like a child sometimes. Thank you yeah. very much. You've been very kind. Oh, it's all right with me. Go on out in the storm. So everybody makes fun of the ma- the male voices of the 30s, like, it sounds like it has that real nasal quality. But the women also have something, too, that I've never, I don't know if I can properly imitate it, but it's very throaty. It's almost a, a British kind of implied accent. Kind of. It's got a little of that. Uh, uh, thank you. But yeah, and it's also very throaty. It's like, 
no, I don't think so. It's like it's all coming from in here instead of kind of the, the nasal thing of the male is coming all from inside the face or the mask, as vocal coaches would say. Well, and I'll say for, for her in particular, her voice would just eventually just drop down really low. In, in later like, in later in life or in the movie? In the movie. It's mm. like she'd be talking and she'd be like, Clark Gable, I, I have something romantic and serious to ask you. I'd like to kiss you, but I cannot. It's a screwball comedy. Yes, we can't do sexual things. But now I'm needing to go buy more chocolates. <laughs> so I am going to buy some chocolates. Clark Gable, would you like any? <laughs> would you like a caramel chew? <laughs> <laughs> Clark Gable, would you like a caramel chew? <laughs> Perhaps some taffy. <laughs> Oh, man, that was a good missing scene. They should have kept in. <laughs> but I'm going to follow you, see? Yeah. And if you get tough, I'll just have to turn you over to your old man. I was really relieved at the end of that sentence. <laughs> I really thought he was going to be like, and if you get tough, I'm going to have to fucking hurt you. <laughs> turn you over my knee. <laughs> <laughs> Which he does. He spanks her. Yeah, he lifts her up over his shoulder. Here, hold this for me. Quapap. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous, ludicrous, can't believe it. Right now. Savvy? Savvy. Now that's my whole plot in a nutshell. So I guess I, I guarantee that uh, Johnny Depp stole Savvy from Clark Gable. Possible. For Pirates of the Caribbean. Gay Ron T. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to Google it. What about Parlay? No, that's pirate code. <laughs> Johnny Depp reportedly improvised the line Savvy during shooting The Curse of the Black Pearl and continued to use it throughout the film. <laughs> so my next timestamp is something uh, spousal abuse acting whenever that happens oh okay uh, so that may actually come up close to mine dunking etiquette oh so we might be able to see the donuts so he's got two there oh and yeah, it's on there plate. yeah oh man they went through some donuts yeah man wow I love donuts and right. I never get them like that's that's a food that I love but I never eat them what, donuts? Yeah, I, I can never justify when I'm at the grocery store, like, oh, that donut looks good. I'm going to buy me a donut. Like, yeah. I, I never finish that to the completion. Well, so buying like a box of donuts like that, I don't think I would ever do at a Safeway or, you know, unnamed supermarket because yeah. we're not being Near paid you. by them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a regionally specific supermarket. A bakery in a grocery store. Yes. But if I go to like a Dunkin' Donuts, Sometimes I just have to get myself a Homer Simpson. A pink sparkly donut. Those are so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's making a face that <laughs> is alarming. <laughs> alarm. <laughs> it's very alarming. <laughs> but seriously, those donuts, man. Alarm. <laughs> they, they set an alarm inside my brain, and I just, ooh. I'm very passionate about them, is what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. So I'm passionate about a glazed donut with the chocolate frosting. Oh, yeah, yeah, those two. I, I get freaky about those. So the, the, there was one time I was heading to teach a class. Uh, part of my job is I teach uh, a new higher orientation. And when I was going on the way there, I stopped to get coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, which I never do. I just happened to be out. And I asked for a chocolate glazed donut and i meant a glazed donut with chocolate frosting and when i got the plain cake chocolate donut Yuck. i was so sad i know <laughs> like, yes, i was like i'm i'm gonna splurge all these calories i'm gonna get a donut and did I, you eat it anyway what else am i gonna do yeah. i'm not gonna throw it i out. know but yeah. it's almost more sad yeah because like, as you're eating it you're thinking what it could have been yeah it, not just a chocolate cake donut 
it's so bad. It's not even good chocolate quality. Like mm-hmm. the, the chocolate frosting is not good chocolate quality either. But I, it, you get the glazed donut under it. I know, but it's crack. The yeah. the the glazed yeah. thing. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> Anyway. So this has been food hour. Food food <laughs> fetish with so, uh, Zach and Allison. <laughs> so she comes uh, back from her shower. He's cooked one egg because he could afford one egg and a plate of donuts, which magically disappear. And yeah, and so we're about to learn dunking etiquette. Milo, scrambled egg, egg, one egg, <laughs> one donut, black coffee. Why is he being so mean? Line. Any complaints? No, no complaints. And she's being so chipper. And now I, th- this must have been a symptom of being a woman at the time. Now either she's ignoring his tone, <laughs> or she's so used to men being cunts in, <laughs> that she's just she's like, okay, I, it's almost like a defense mechanism. I need to be extra chipper so that he doesn't hit me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I have done the extra nice. Not, not that I've been hit by anyone like. It's more like if someone is being unnecessarily aggressive, my default is to do the, I'm going to be so sweet that you can't continue this without feeling some kind of remorse. Right. Yeah. So either that's a defense mechanism or she's a dumb idiot from Dumbtown. Well, and she's acting a little less callous. She she was acting a little rough until this morning where she ran to the shower and after her nice shower, she felt more human again. Yeah. She got to see another naked woman taking a shower that she burst in on. She loved it. Did she? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you, you said it in the same sentence of her feeling happy. So I'm like, okay. She, oh. was, she was digging it. <laughs> she was like, it's a bit of all right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice slice of all right. Give your coffee, but have been buying a whole pint. Well, you don't have to apologize to me, Mr. Warren. Ooh, at exactly 3628, mm-hmm. you will see him Riker sit. Oh, yeah, just the leg full up. <laughs> yeah, he rikered that chair. He stepped over the back of it with one leg cocked in the air. Did you kind of secretly wish he turned the chair around? I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like in the same action. <laughs> I, and so now I'm thinking that, uh, that Riker was, it was inspired by Clark Gable's performance here. Yeah, it's possible. Oh, yes. He is also a womanizer. Yeah, but uh, Riker's womanizing in Star Trek. He's a complicated character. Uh-huh. He was never he was never aggressive. Uh-huh. He was never mean. He was never nasty about it. He always but he did was it with PTF consent. with anyone who yes. wanted to. Yes, he was a sexual guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he was also a very good man. I see. I, I also my mom hates Riker. Oh, so I don't she have and a I she Riker. and I always argue about that. She just thought he was slimy, and I don't think he's slimy at all. Uh, I mean, it, it depends on how you perceive. People who have a lot of sexual partners. Some, some people do, and I think that's maybe where your mom's coming from. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. Now, I think Kirk was skeevier. Oh, well, yeah, Kirk was aggressive. Like, he was actually a bit rapey. Yeah, yeah. Green woman, any woman. <laughs> green, green woman, any woman. <laughs> I was trying to think of a different... He's just mo- most notable with you the brought, green. Yeah. You, brought, you broadened the, uh, the constraints significantly <laughs> on the second one. Green woman... Any women? I, just, I thought about it. Like kinda, all women. Yeah, it's kind of like Star Lord, you know. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit D, uh, DTF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of astronauts that are apparently DTF. <laughs> well, that's that's why you become an astronaut. I think on a core level, you're Space. hoping there's someone out there that is DTF. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. Dunking etiquette. Mm-hmm. How did we get from dunking etiquette to to sex in space? Riker straddling That's the chair. That's right, yeah. You never know how much I appreciate all this. Hey, what makes you so disgustingly cheerful this morning? 
Not Bill Spring. Yeah, I thought maybe Believe You Me told you a couple of his snappy stories. Oh, no. He apologized for last night. Said he didn't know we were married. Did other women of the era also do the French clown makeup? It, yeah, like if you look at magazine advertisements and they had a very similar look about them. Like, so I understand that it was the style, especially like the 90s, to have the super duper thin eyebrows, which I, I don't think looks good either. But I mean, I can understand that as a style or a fashion for the time, a trend. But having the eyebrows that are that long, that completely arc your entire face is just weird. It doesn't look human. Mm. Yeah. So th this was the fashion, that hair, that look. Yeah. But can you zoom in on her? Yeah. So they just had this like perfectly curved, arched eyebrow. Okay, well, her eyebrows are longer. Like, is this the same person? I can't even tell. Different people. Okay, well, her eyebrows are longer, but they look human. Mm -hmm. Her eyebrows aren't that long. They end where they should. Her eyebrows are about the same. Look at hers in comparison. Mm -hmm. Super well, th duper long. This is long. also, you know, new holiday frocks. <laughs> yeah, none of their eyebrows are sticking out to me. Like, hers hers look like they're kind of short. Oh, and she has the, the French Hogwarts hat. Ah, yes. So, yeah, I, I think it was just the, in movies, you get the more exaggerated fashion. So maybe it was just an exaggerated version. Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think you're right. It's, it was probably for the film, just to kind of pick it up more. He also very much over-peppered his eggs. I don't know if you saw that. He, oh, he no. went to Peppertown. Let's take a look. You will never know how much I appreciate all this. All right, I'm going to say pepper every so time he peppers. That's salt. Salt, 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 salt. He assaulted them. Pepper, 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 Like if you can see the pepper in this body. You didn't know we were married. Just shows you how wrong a guy can be. Donut. Thanks. I already ate five. You think this whole business is silly, don't you? Her ration is one. I mean, running away and everything. No, no, makes too good a story. Yes, you do. You think I'm a fool. And well, you got rat. me there. Look at her cheeks. Perhaps I am, although I don't see how I can be. People who are spoiled are accustomed to having their own way. I never have. On the contrary, I've always been told what to do and how to do it and when and with whom. Would you believe it? This is the first time I've ever been alone with a man. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder I'm not panic-stricken. Mm -hmm. You're doing all right. Thanks. Yeah, nurses, governesses, chaperones, even bodyguards. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, one consolation, you can never get lonesome. Hmm. It has its moments. It's become a sort of game tried out with father's detectives. I, I, I did once. So Actually, the, her now being this cheerful seemed kind of out of nowhere. Like, why is she all of a sudden like this? I've, we haven't seen her be like this with anybody. And maybe that's to be expected. She was uncomfortable at the beginning with her dad. And up till now, she's been fairly Miss uncomfortable. Now she's had a shower. She's seen another woman naked. She's kind of opening up a little bit. She's opening up a little bit. I think she's also starting to trust Clark Gable a little bit more, understanding his intentions. Yeah. So I guess maybe it seems more weird because we never got to see what she was like naturally anyway. Maybe mm -hmm. she is just naturally this chipper. And maybe she's also wanting to show that she's appreciating, like, him cooking the eggs, getting the hotel room, setting up the partition. Like, she's she's seen the different things. That and he's, he's, he's just being 1930s man, and he's going to ignore all that. Yeah. I'm doing these things. It's for the payoff. Yeah. I'm doing everything <laughs> begrudgingly. Yeah. Went shopping without a bodyguard. Oh, swell. I, I felt absolutely immoral. But it didn't last long. They caught up with me in a department store. I was so mad. Look, she is gibbering a little bit. Like, take a breath. Calm down. Mm -hmm. Guess who was in it? Santa Claus. Gandy. 
King Westley was in it. Is that how you met him? Mm-hmm. We rode around all afternoon. Father was frantic. By six o'clock, he was having all the rivers dragged. Dredged? Where'd you learn to dunk? In finishing <laughs> school? Oh, now, don't you start telling me I shouldn't dunk. Of course you shouldn't. You don't know how to do it. Dunking's an art. Don't let it soak so long. A dip and... It seems like wow. a Seinfeld bit. <laughs> Thanks, Professor. Mm. Twenty millions and you don't know how to dump. I'd change places with a plumber's daughter any day. <laughs> so it was, it was this bit and the uh, the hailing a cab bit. They both seemed like Seinfeld bits. Oh, yeah. just <laughs> I think I tagged the bit. So we're, we're about to get to the... Uh, the, the men busting abuse. in the room, yeah. All right, so here, the coppers are coming up to the door. They're preparing their act of spousal abuse. Did he just say, get your breasts out faster? Get, like, open your blouse, I think. Yeah. Uh, she says if we don't stop over in Wilkes-Barre, she'll never forgive us. What are you talking about? Uh, the baby's due next month. They want us to come. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, she saw your uh, sister on the street the other day. She says she's looking swell. Oh, so another piece of trivia that I just didn't think was interesting enough, but I might as well bring it up now. They filmed the whole thing over four weeks. It's a very short film. Yeah, that was one of her rules of why she agreed to do it. It was mm-hmm. the double the pay yep. and that it would be done in four weeks. Yep. I think she said it was like $35,000 for the four weeks, mm-hmm. something like that. Good pay. Yeah. Even for now, honestly, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so... For for reference, one episode of Stranger Things, the kid actors get two hundred fifty thousand. Dang. Yeah, I'll so, take it. Yeah. So, <laughs> can we make it a twenty-two uh, episode season? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> oh God, I need the extra scratch. Come in. You know, I hope Aunt Bella has a boy, don't you? Grandma says it's going to be a girl, though, and she hasn't missed calling one in years. Man here to see your sweetheart. Who, me? You want to see How me? do you know it's for him? Because they came to see the man. Man yeah, of the house. Men talk to men. That's right. Yeah. What's your name? Are you addressing me? Yeah, what's your name? Hey, wait a minute. That's my wife you're talking to. What do you mean, coming here? What do you want, anyway? We're looking for somebody. Yeah, well, look your head off. Don't come. Yeah, well, look your head off. There's also, I think there's maybe some elements of this old acting is... Not just the people talk like this back in the day, but I think everyone was kind of used to acting on stage. Mm-hmm. You had to project a lot more. So I think it's a lot of theatrical line deliveries. Yeah. Or also even more recently is the progression from silent to spoken film. So they feel like they've got a shout to be heard. Well, shout to be heard, but also over-dramatized. Yeah. Busting in here, this isn't a public park. I got nurse to take a sock at you. Take it easy, son. Take it easy. Uh, these men are detectives, Mr. Martin. I don't care if they're the whole police department. They can't come busting in here shooting questions of my wife. Yeah, don't get so excited, Peter. The men just ask you a civil question. I ought to strike you. Oh, is that so? Say, how many times have I told you to stop butting in when I'm having an argument? Well, you don't have to lose your temper. You don't have to lose your temper. He doesn't have to lose his temper when he's in an argument. Every time I try to protect you. Come on, he's the other a man. Night, the elf's dance with that big Swede made a pass at you. He didn't make a pass at me. I told you a million times. Ah, no, I saw him. Kept pawing you all over the dance floor. He didn't. You were drunk. Ah, nuts. You're just like your old man. What's oh. a plumber's daughter? Always a plumber's oh. daughter. Then an ounce of brains in your whole family. Oh, Peter, why you've got fired up, I won't stand here. Ah, shut up. <laughs> he throws his hand up like he's going to hit her. I love that he's doing this in front of police officers. 
And they're like, yep, this seems perfectly reasonable. Uh, they're so. certainly acting like man and wife. <laughs> <laughs> man and wife, they have to abuse each other, and that's just the way. Well, I say each other, but really, it's the man abusing the wife, and that's the way God intended it. And I'm going to pull up my trousers. All the way up to my nipples. And, <laughs> and take it easy, people. Play a game of... Uh, Hide the whistle? Well, I was going to say fit, unfit man, or unfit, fit man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Sorry, Mr. Warren, but you see, we've got to check up on everybody. We're looking for a girl by the name of Ellen Andrews, you know, the daughter of that big Wall Street mother. It's, a- yeah, well, it's too bad you're looking for a plumber's daughter. I mean, a perfectly nice married couple sure fella <laughs> this twisted society i suppose so it's uh maybe that's just the case maybe honestly every marriage was just like that because he slipped into that character really naturally well and i, I think he was also trained to do a lower class type of individual for yeah. both of them i mean it's the 30s did they have a ton of tv in that time they had radio programs so my point is they didn't have a window into other people's lives as readily as we do so, so they can't see how other people live so it must have been how he was raised also his parents were just like that so there's radio programs there's also um, newspaper stories that were a little more tabloidy and then people gossiped more about the local area so it, i mean he he observed he's also a reporter he observed yeah i suppose that's true but it, it means that in his tighter uh, sphere of experience of other people's lives and stuff like that especially married couples mm-hmm. he must have seen this enough to know how to replicate it easily yeah that's just a little disturbing to me how easy and that she was. jumped into it also though yeah that's what i'm yeah. saying like and she she knew how to do it as well that silly ninny yeah and the mm-hmm. crying and uh beaten down wife <laughs> quit balling <laughs> quit balling <laughs> like the hand goes up he's gonna strike her Oh, it's out of control. Ah, oh, perfectly lovely couple. I like how that like book got us both. <laughs> I didn't hear that the first time. Oh, I heard it the first time, but I didn't find it as funny until we started talking about the overarching context. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. All right. So my next one is 42 minutes. So mine will hit about the same. I will recognize that we probably can't play my clip because it has to do with the flying trapeze song. It just seemed weird to me that this whole bus full of different people from different walks of life just seemed to know this random song, like this kind of shanty pub song. How how did popularized songs work in that way? Because like pub, pub songs specifically. Well, since radio seemed to have been the most popular medium, I'm guessing people were hearing jingles, you know. Yeah. I think we, we'll get away with it. If someone comes for us, they can answer to me. Okay. <laughs> and I have trivia about the song. You didn't have a trivia quiz show this time. Yeah, I didn't really know what to ask about. Mm-hmm. Like, what colors were in this movie? Black and white. How often was the main woman abused? Thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't have a lot, of any kind of cool questions, so I just skipped it. That's why I had the goof section instead. So this is so lead up. We're we're back on the bus, and these guys in the back of the bus are playing instruments, and they get a special request. Once I was happy, but now I'm forlorn. Forlorn. I thought that Irish people were illegal in this country. Well, in 1935, um, we had gotten over that. Yeah. Okay. We we moved on to other racisms and sure, bigotries. Sure. Yeah. Good. Good. I love the sailor. 
So. I just feel like this is a pub song. <laughs> it is. But so pub songs aren't on the radio. <laughs> Sometimes. I like how people are like, can I, can I interject with the next verse? So I know that one of the people that interjects with another verse was actually Frank Coppola. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I think it must be the third act, not this guy. Yeah, I think that it said the third. Yeah. So, this is I, I was I, I was hoping it would have been this guy. His voice is ridiculous. Also, he, it just doesn't look like he, it should be coming out of him. His face is kind of creepy. Like he looks like Jigsaw. Tobin Bell. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But he's got he's got a very kind of masculine build. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks tallish. He's a bit burly. He's older. He looks like he's in his 50s, maybe early 60s or something like that. Don't be jealous of his boogie. But he's got a, a sailor outfit on. But his face is kind of contorted up like he's trying to do a, like a mousy voice or something like that. I just don't understand. And also, uh, I, I have to say that his uniform, a person of his age, you would think would have climbed the ranks a little <laughs> bit more. Like he's just He joined late. Yeah, <laughs> very late. He got the inspiration in his late 50s. You know what? I'm going to join the Navy. And I'm going to inspire a whole song from the village people. <laughs> <laughs> What's a snoddle? A schnozzle? Does he say schnozzle? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if he said schnobble or schnoddle, but it didn't sound I didn't sound like there was a Z in there. Oh, I mean he could have said schnobble, but like I, I say schnoozle when I'm talking about my dog's snout. So it was when he went like that. I just I know, yeah. The pantomime thing he did with his nose led me to believe he was talking about the nose. But yeah. if I hadn't had the pantomime, it didn't sound like a word I was familiar a with. Schnobble. Hanging by a schnobble. With <laughs> And you can see that the couple now kind of like each other. She's putting her hand on his shoulder. He's smiling. They're both having a whale of a time. This is him. This is Frank uh, Coppola. I've been to his vineyard, by the way. In California, in Napa Valley. He's got a, he's got a little... Yeah. Not Capra? They're the same person. <laughs> Alas, Alak, and what? Alaska. It's a good joke. Alaska. It's not even one of the states yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a territory. And I know that it became a state the year before my dad was born, 1959. And you should have learned that. From? White Christmas. White Christmas. I'm You've got it. You can have a deep voice in your new mic. Sing with me. I'm dreaming of a white you're not singing with me christmas <laughs> it's, come on c- come on <laughs> what I want, come, come, he did that one on his own <sighs> can't believe you're not gonna join in with me 
Well, this is a sing song uh, section of the podcast. Any flower through the air. It's <laughs> <laughs> the wrong song, and you're going way nasal. You're going way nasal. I'm acting like part of the cast of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That was beautiful. It did sound genuinely like them. Like I'm in a can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. My schnabelities. <laughs> Oh man, they suck at singing. Wait, he's proving that they don't need to sound like nasally assholes. Yeah, he's the driver. He's not part of the gaiety. Oh, he came in with a deep voice. It's possible. It is. Martin's not as enjoyable. <laughs> it is American tradition to sing like a dick. I don't know if that's true, but we can continue this way. <laughs> I don't think you'll ever see a Brit singing this way. I thought you would assume that he was Irish to start. But not English, so yes, kind of British, but they wouldn't like you to say that. <laughs> They'd like to be their own country and separate, not part of the established English government. Well, with the, the really horrible history, can you blame them? No! <laughs> <laughs> but that has nothing to do with the flying trappies. <laughs> so let's get back to the bus ride. That guy's beard is impressive. I like Sigmund Freud dancing. <laughs> Keep it. Oh, come on. He took his hand off the wheel for a moment to clap, put his hand back on the wheel, having the wheel not turned at all. And then after that, after he has reestablished control over the wheel, the vehicle then turns off the road and into the puddle. He's very bad at what he does. He overcompensates by turning the whole thing around. <laughs> I didn't notice that the first time I watched this movie, but that's bad directing. It didn't turn at all until he had his hands back on the wheel and then made a conscious decision, I guess, to turn into this puddle. Yeah, I mean... The, the lake had it coming. He was a terrible <laughs> driver. Oh, but much better at singing. <laughs> so it's weird to me that they can show a, a, a bloodied up woman. She's not bloodied. Is that not what's going on on her head? No, it's a hat. Oh. I honestly no. thought that was blood on her head. She fainted from uh, sugar dropping. Like, she hadn't eaten in a couple days. Gotcha. Honestly, his voice was so annoying, I ignored him. I was making fun of him the whole time he was talking. You, you hate children. <laughs> you absolutely hate children. I think that did confirm this, because the entire scene, I was just going, uh-huh, yep, kid, yep, sure, why not? <laughs> To everything he was saying, I was not taking any of it in. I will say he looks a little too old to be put on someone's knee. Like that. Like Come over here, you fourteen-year-old kid. <laughs> oh, no, my mom is just me. She's hungry, ever so hungry. So much. Shut up, kid. Yeah. Good cow. Yeah, that's right. If we didn't go, right? We okay. Ah. She'll be all right when she's had something to eat. All right, yes. I'm going to throw yes, you out this window real quick. Next time we come to you, buy some food. Now, come on. I shouldn't order to take this. Uh, I'll get mad. Uh, uh, okay. Just don't tell her anything about it. You don't want her to get sick again. Look, you I'm paying to, you to get you away from me. You might need it. 
I got millions. Come on, go back in. You gave me a tenner and you got millions, Dick? <laughs> <laughs> should have slid me. And a, I are starving to death. You should have slid me a crisp five mil. I can't believe that you're going to be that stingy. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we've got Clark Gable. He's uh, he's pulled little uh, shapely man to the side into the woods, and he again, kind of like slipping in easily to the spousal abuse character. Mm-hmm. He has just become very easily a, a murder man. Poor Oscar Shapely. I know, poor fella. Lucky thing by running into you. Just the man I need. You made no mistake. Believe Look you me. Hand. I can use the smart guy. Hang on. The way back. Gang. Talk this thing over privately. I knew she wasn't your wife all the time. All the time. All right, watch Shapely's hand. You know, lucky thing by running into you. Just a man I need. You made no mistake. Believe you me. <laughs> such an odd gesture. Like you. Is it hey, like listen, a... When you're talking old man shape. Distracting, like, a magician's hand. Like, if you're focusing on the hand that's doing things. He's picking my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he... I think he... It was, it was like... Did you just insinuate that magicians are pickpockets? Look... With a creative <laughs> <laughs> Look, not all magicians are thieves, but come on. Historically, they do it with the creative <laughs> You know, the, I was setting that up to be kind of like how racists would say things. Oh, yeah. No, I got that. I just okay. didn't pick up the ball because I'm not a racist. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. Apparently, I'm a magician racist. <laughs> I'll own up. The race of magicians. Look, I, 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 think so, that, I think that they're sneaky. That's all. So... I, I will say that you love Penn and Teller, so I, I adamantly know you are not against magicians. Now, you may be against like a Chris Angel. Look, I think that Penn and Teller are wonderful to look at on TV. You know, sure. Should, do I think they should be in prison? Yeah. Um, are they entertaining? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if they were in my presence, it's not like I would leave my wallet unattended. And, you know, I, I just think that uh, all magicians are a bit sneaky by nature. You know, it's not their fault. They were born that way. Now, I will say mm-hmm. that they are sneaky, but not in the way you're implying. Like, they're sneaky in the way that they're able to be <laughs> magicians, but not like they're going to nick your wallet. Whoa, 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 whoa. One thing implies the other. They were born to be sneaky, and so they became magicians. Wait, no, that goes against my racism. <laughs> yeah. My racism is flip-flopped. You're Never a mind. bad racist. <laughs> I'm a horrible racist. I'm sorry. And by horrible racist, like you're bad at what you're doing, not... <laughs> I'm bad not, at being a racist. You're not like horribly racist. That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. I'll work on my racism. I'll get back to you. Okay, so magic hands. Magic hands. She got talking to you. Again. Huh? Again, again. Rod. Got any fireworks on you? Why no. I know. <laughs> well, it's all right. I got a couple of machine guns in my suitcase. I'll let you have one of them. May have a little trouble up north to have to shoot it out with the cops. But if you come through all right, those five Gs are as good as in the bag, maybe more. I'll have a talk with the killer, see if he takes care of you. Killer? Yeah, yeah, the big boy, the boss of the outfit. You're not kidnapping her, are you? Well, what else, stupid? You don't think stupid. we're out of that penny and a reward. 10,000 bucks? Psst. Chicken feet. Chicken feet. Hey, listen. We're holding that dame for a million smackers. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm—I didn't know it was anything like this. You see, I got. What's the matter? You At least he's not afraid to hit men too. I'm a married man. I got a couple of kids. I can't afford well, to get up. Sh- he doesn't hit him. He just roughs him up. Down your mug before I. Your mug. What are you trying to do? Tell the whole world about it? And now listen, you're into this thing and you're staying in. Get me? You know. Although to- the the way he's holding him and talking to him mm-hmm. is exactly how Jimmy Stewart was holding the lady from It's a Wonderful Life. So, um, I want to do what I want to do. So with Clark Gable, you, you do know why he probably also looks a little familiar to you. 
Do I? <laughs> Does he? <laughs> um, no. No, he's the uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn guy. Oh yeah, well I haven't seen that, but I uh, know I didn't know that was the same guy. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting, mm-hmm. very interesting. Did he give a damn in the end? Well, I mean, he gives a damn in the way that you know scorned men do. Ah, uh, okay. So his hard heart was softened, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. Much. I won't say anything. How do I know? That? I got a notion to plug you. Why should I take a chance with you? Trust me, Mister. Keep a mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. What's your name? Oscar Shapley. Where do you live? Orange, New Jersey. Got a couple of kids, huh? Yes, sir. Just babies. A little golden-haired girl. You love them, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, you wouldn't. You're not thinking. You'll keep your trap shut, all right? Sure, 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 sure. If you don't, I'll keep my trap shut. I will. I will. I will. You ever hear of Bugs Dooley? Bugs Bunny? Bugs Dooley? No. He was a nice guy, just like you. When he made a big mistake one day. A little too talkative. You know what happened to his kid? No. But I can't tell you, but when Bugs heard about it, he blew his brains out. Oh, gee, that's that's terrible. Terrible. He had a, had a come to him, though. He talked too much. I, I never talk. I, I never say a word. <laughs> word, 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 word definitely not part of my personality. Yeah, I, I never talk a lot. I never talk a lot. I'll show you how quiet I am. I'll show you all day and night how quiet I am. Look, look this is me being quiet. <laughs> Just listen. Listen how quiet I'm being. I always knew you guys were kind come of Come on, come on, scram. And stay away from that bus. Sure, any, anything you say, mister. You ain't gonna shoot me in the back, are you? If you don't beat it, I'm going. There's clearly nothing in his Spray pocket. Him. Gone, baby. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> and they, whoa, whoa, hang on. You can't get away from it that easily. He spits over his shoulder back, after he uh, after he runs away like a little uh, little little baby boy. Whoop, there he goes. Trips and falls on his facial expression. And then uh, little, uh, Clark Gable spits. And spits on his shoulder. On his chin as well. Yeah. He's a messy spitter. He's, I, I'm guessing you couldn't notice that on the lower resolution screens of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. But he wipes it off of his uh, shoulder and leaves the stuff on his chin and just looks like a damn ridiculous person. Maybe it just hit him directly where that little bit of stubble at the dish part of the lip is. Well, let's see. While, while he turns. Oop. He didn't want to acknowledge it. I am above this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he became a very natural. He went into the mind of a killer, of a psychopath, mm-hmm. and he was he was great at it. Well, he's a journalist, so he probably knows different stories of crime sprees and different criminal activities. So I think it would be natural for him to know such people. <laughs> okay. Just comes so easily, doesn't it, to you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my next one is 54. Oh, yes. I've titled this one Spanky Town. We've got Clark Gable carrying What's-Her-Face across the river. Ellie. She can't walk by herself. No, she'll get her feet wet. That's right. And that would kill her? Does that kill her species? Like getting your feet wet? Yes. uh, Often I have to wear booties into the shower because once your feet get wet, it's all over. You melt or dissolve? Oh, no. It's like uh, if, if your feet are wet in the presence of a man, you're married to them. Oh, that's interesting. But I mean, you do live with the person you're married to, so presumably you can get your feet wet now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can have a proper shower now. Gotcha. Where okay. my feet get washed. Is that why you guys got married so quickly? Did you accidentally show him wet feet? Yeah, I was like, oh man, I, I need to, you know, give myself a pedicure. No, don't look. <laughs> oh, God damn it, we're married. Yeah. <sighs> oh, boy, you got me. All right, yeah, well, anyway. Me. During the pandemic. <laughs> show me a good piggybacker, and I'll show you a real human. Now you take okay, so the, okay, 
So they've had three such arguments, one about dunking donuts, mm-hmm. one about hailing a cab, and one about the proper way of doing a piggyback. Now, I have to agree with him in this way. This is not a piggyback. No, this is a fireman carry. Yeah. Princess carry is if he was scooping her lovingly in the arms. Fireman is over the shoulder. Right. Piggyback is if your legs are on either side of the, the person kind of latched on. Yeah, and your arm's kind of around their neck on their chest area. Yeah. So uh, she's totally wrong about this, obviously, but... Born, so she deserves a smack. My father was a great piggybacker. And I like that she's trying to, like, she's still have, carrying on a conversation like this is kind of normal. It's, it's almost like the game glitched. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to be walking next to him, but like all of a sudden her character model like went up in his shoulder and she's still talking to him normally. And it just is weird. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh yes, my father was great at this. Here, hold this a minute. You're a grown person being carried by another grown person when you're fine. Ow! And then he spanks Ow! her. And then he spanks her. Mm-hmm. And how can that Dignified. possibly happen? How does this keep up? My feet are killing me. Someone right. left their bicycle there. Why don't you just... Oh, no, it's not a bicycle. No, that's, that's a, a wagon wheel. wheel. Yeah. Are they on a farm? Yep. They're just stealing some guy's like bale farm. of Farmer meat. maggot's crop? Yep. They're going to get here, killed. I don't know how about you, but I'm going to give a fairly good imitation of it. Peter. What? I'm awfully hungry. Ah, oh, just your imagination. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's just your imagination. I'm hungry and... She's just like idly kicking some of the hay that's on the ground. She looks like a kid. Well, I am. If you're scared, it scares the hunger out of you. (laughs) And not if you're more hungry than scared. All right, you win. Let's forget about it. I will say he does get hangry with her. Forget it. I'm still hungry. Yeah, I just it's it's odd to me that she keeps kicking it up. She's not helping. And in a moment, she's going to absolutely lose her mind because he leaves frame. All then take them off. What? All right, don't take them off. Do whatever you please, but shut up about it. Okay, so less than 30 seconds. Peter! Oh, Peter! 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 Good oh, Lord. You were gone less than 30 seconds. Here, here, eat your head off. I don't want it now. I thought you said you were hungry. I was, but... But what? Well, I... I was so scared it scared the... Holy... I accidentally (laughs) dropped my dignity in the river. Holy smokes. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with him on this one. I think she needed a smack there. On the bottom or the face? Because she's been smacked everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) It's like a Johnny Cash song. I've been smacked everywhere, man. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So my next one is 102. What do you have? The carrot eating scene. He picks some hay out of her teeth. Why does she have hay in her teeth? Did she eat teeth? I mean, eat teeth. Did she eat hay? Did she eat hay in my teeth? I would like to see someone try that. That's actually a Futurama joke. Thompson's teeth. The only teeth strong enough to eat other teeth. Here, I got a pen knife. Yeah, hold still. Be careful. All right. Where is it? Anyway, yeah. Did she she fall asleep with her mouth open? There. Mouth breather. Get it? Thanks. Now, this is like a, I don't know if I want to call it like a cultural difference or a time difference, but 
I found it so bizarre that she was horrified at the prospect of eating a raw carrot because when I think of carrots, we mostly eat them raw now. Very true. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. And I was like, do I, are we like eating it less raw than normal? But no, they're fairly raw. Yeah. Well, and like I, I've had cooked carrots. Like my grandma used to prepare what she called copper pennies, which is like a glazed. Coppola pennies. Yeah, Coppola pennies, which is like a glazed carrot. And I've had, you know, obviously cooked carrots. and Glazed carrot? Yeah, it's it's like kind of a sweet and spicy sauce to them. They're sautéed. I'll make them for you sometime. They're good. But when I think of eating a carrot, I think of taking a raw baby carrot and dipping it in hummus or something. Yeah, and giving it a good crunch. I got to say that uh, a non-raw carrot, I don't actually like. The mushy carrots, mm-hmm. they kind of creep me out. I don't know why. Yeah, like even when I make stews or something, I don't cook the carrots as long because i like them to have a little more texture to them yeah yeah so her whole i I like how his response to that was like oh a vanderbilt would never eat a raw carrot like (laughs) she's not a vanderbilt but i was just sorry i forgot her last name first she's she's alexander she's above such things yeah and andrews would never eat a raw carrot what are you eating what's up doc raw Mm mm-hmm so she's so shocked no. and scandalized by a raw <laughs> Can that happen? Are you allowed to do that? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Now, I will say I will react that way if I ever see someone eat a raw potato. Uh, Dwight Schrute did it. Yeah. And, uh, well, no, that, was a, uh, that wasn't a potato. That was a... And that wasn't Dwight. That was... Um, no, Dwight did. He ate a raw... Uh, During Flunkerton, they replace uh, an apple with a potato. At some point, someone was, I think it was Jim or someone was, no, it was Andy imitating uh, Dwight. And he was, he went to bite a beet and he was like, oh, how can you do this? And then Dwight gets it back from him and goes, amateur, and then takes a big bite out of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like super hard and stuff like that. I felt like it was the same consistency as a raw potato. Potato. Gotta have strong teeth. You gotta have Thompson's teeth. Teeth strong enough to eat other teeth. (laughs) I like that he blames well, her for that. Scores, huh? They'll stop, all right. It's all a matter of knowing how to hail them. Oh. He's just full expert, of information. Expert. I'm going to write a book about <laughs> He seems like, this definitely seems like a Seinfeld There's bit. There's no end to your accomplishments, isn't it? You think it's simple, huh? No, no. Well, it is simple. It's all that old thumb, see? Yeah. Now, some people do it like this. Or like this. <laughs> all wrong. Never get anywhere. Oh, the poor he thing. just waved yeah, around a little bit. That old thumb never failed. It's all a matter of how you do it, though. You know, now, you take number one, for instance. That's a short, jerky movement like this. That just did a, a confident, stiff thumb. That's what he just did. Clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but number two, that's a little wider movement. Smile goes with this one like this. Gave a cocksure smile and a, a kind of a wiggling of his wrist. Do you feel like this mm-hmm. is like a Christopher mm-hmm. Bartlett lesson? Pick- like, he's <laughs> very Christopher Bartlett in this scene. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't get that at all. When he's explaining the, the difference in thumb, like, it's just that kind of, like, certain way about it, like, that kind of, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you got to do it this way. This is the only way. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Get that out all by yourself. Huh? Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, number three, that's a pip. Yeah, that's a pitiful one, you know, when you're broke. He does seem very Bugs Bunny now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was the nah, nah, and just kind of talking while he's got his mouth completely open like this, like an animal, really. What's he up, dis- Doc? he disgusts me. While I was watching this, I was <laughs> like, the "Dude, food is moving around in your open trap. You are being a barbarian right now. <laughs> Finish eating before you speak." That's a long misophonia warning, right by there. the way. I, don't um, through, I, I am feeling intense misothelioma at this oh, moment. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's no good though if you haven't got a long face to go with it. 
<laughs> He's got a dour face. Okay, now watch me. I'm going to use number one. Keep your eye on that thumb. Maybe see what <laughs> he doesn't begin doing it until it's already... <laughs> too far too late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got my eye on the thumb. Something must have gone wrong. <laughs> it did. Try broke. Two. When you get to 100, wake me my up. My thumb was busted on that one. I don't like my thumb. Just... Ooh, it bends back a lot, your thumb. I don't think anyone would stop for that thumb. They'd be fascinated by the thumb. They'd be like, oh, God, I'm not touching that thumb. Broken. <laughs> Why is she showing me a broken thumb? She needs an ambulance. She doesn't need us. He's just trying different varieties as all these millions of cars pass by. This is all of a sudden some sort of highway. Wrong direction. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Yoo-hoo, boys. <laughs> he did a wiggle nose thing at them. All right, what you need to do is dress up like a hooker and be a woman. So uh, she'll demonstrate that now. Mm-hmm. Be a hooker. Oh. By hooker, by crook. Right that book after hey, all. that was good. Think of that all the good. fun you had, though. <sighs> you mind if I try? You. You? <laughs> Cheer a, a woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a smart aleck. Nobody knows anything but you. I'll stop a car, and I won't use my thumb. What are you going to do? I'm going to walk one system out. system on my own. All right, so she pulls up her skirt and wiggles her leg around. And it... Uh, Shapely. <laughs> not really, though. <laughs> no, no, the, the break. Shapely. <laughs> oh, the shape is very break. <laughs> no, Breakly? The, 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 the shape is very breakly. <laughs> anyway, so the car stops here. On a, on a dime. And I've got to wonder, what did he think he was going to get? Did he think he was getting a hooker? Did he think he was picking up a hooker? And how <laughs> disappointed was he? And the, but then he found out they were newlyweds. <laughs> I can't even do that guy justice. Uh, I'll try. But it's ridiculous that he just happened to be a musical theater nut. Aren't you going to give me a little credit? For being a hooker? Sure. Well done. Proved once and for all that the limb is mightier than the thumb. The limb is mightier than the thumb. You're going to stop 40 cars. Well, oh, I'll remember that, but we need 40 cars. <laughs> so oh. you're just married, huh? <laughs> that's pretty good. But <laughs> Like it's a joke. Ah, that's pretty good. That's the way I'd spend my honeymoon. Hitchhiking. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hitchhiking down the highway of love on a honeymoon. <laughs> Hitchhiking down, down, down. <laughs> He's not trying to hit any particular note or anything. He's just going all over the place. And then part of me wondered, is this an actual song or is this just from his heart? I think it's just from his heart. Tonsil? <laughs> Me? No. Oh. I would never break a tonsil. No. Tonsil. As life's <laughs> he got out the last turn. I think I was laughing too hard last time to notice that. <laughs> he even at his, like, yeah, he gave him a little side eye. <laughs> How about a bite to eat? Well, I think that would be lovely. No, thanks. We're not hungry. Oh, Look, I'm the man here, so shut up and get out of here. Young people in love are very seldom hungry. Young people in love are very seldom hungry. <laughs> this is a guy. That what needs to go do? somewhere. 
Gold dig that guy for a meal? Sure I was. No fooling, I'm hungry. Eat a carrot. No. Didn't you I'm going in and ask him. You do and I'll break your neck. Look. <laughs> this guy is charming sometimes, but uh, he did a really good impression. What makes you think it's not really an impression of somebody who is great at spousal abuse? <laughs> then he just threatens to break her neck. Yeah, yeah, because welcome to the thirties. I'd rather kill you than let you beg. <laughs> welcome to the thirties. The dirty thirties. You better hope you're a white man. That hasn't changed. All right, so this is right after the. <laughs> He's flying. <laughs> He's taking With off. The greatest, <laughs> he is. He's Clark Cable on a flying trapeze. <laughs> he runs through the air. Look <laughs> <laughs> at his suitcase. He's not casting a shadow because he is lifted off the ground. <laughs> All right, so he is uh, the, the fellow that drove them there has just sped off with their belongings in the car. Still flying. <laughs> <laughs> Clark oh, Gable like can fly, apparently. <laughs> Confirmed. I never knew that. <laughs> you would think that would have come up in our trivia. I know, right? Uh, people were trying to keep it under wraps. Well, we found the truth. All right, so he runs off after the car, catches up to the moving vehicle. And steals it. And murders the man <laughs> and steals the car. Well, I like that he's like, oh, it's the oldest trick in the book. It's like... What? <laughs> you know, killing a guy and stealing his car, the oldest trick in the book. No, no, no. Singing hitchhiker picker-uppers, <laughs> stealing suitcases. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's also a good one. People Pretending to be a music theater People who pick up hitchhikers not. are always criminals. So they've got money at this point, right? Just a road thief. They've, no. got, they've got money. No. Well, how does he get back to uh, New York later? He barters. Remember, he offers to sell his suitcase or his hat well, for a tank of gas. Well, he's got to do that at some point. Why didn't he do that now? They're at a gas station. Because he has to do it later. Oh. <laughs> for for uh, convenient was, writing purposes. Well, he, the, he didn't know what their gas level was at this time. Well, I mean, just a little bit later, he's like, I think in the very next cut, he's going to be like, oh, gas is getting low. And he's doing this with his hands, too. You see if he's not. <laughs> the wheel is not that big. <laughs> well, you see him. See, your pantomime mean that he could be milking a cow, driving a car. <laughs> he had cow udders in his hands while she had the wheel. <laughs> what kind of film is this? <laughs> it's a very experimental one. <laughs> I feel like we're getting 10 o'clock loopy and it's Where'd only 7. <laughs> I gave him a black eye for it and had to tie him up to a tree. <laughs> so he didn't kill Love him the, he uh, just uh, well he didn't say that he was alive when he tied him to the tree Ooh, that is a good point <laughs> there he is milking the cow it's a very still cow at the moment gas people in love hey there you just said it gotta start promoting some. All right, there you go. So he should have noticed. He's a bad motorist. He didn't notice that he was low on gas before leaving the gas station. So did cars in the 1930s have a fuel gauge that indicated low gas? If they didn't, then he just intuited it. Well, you can assume that at a certain point. He should have assumed at the gas station. You assume correctly. Or to quote the Star Wars prequels, you assume too much. That line recurs a bunch. Trivia for the Star Wars fans out there. I'm gonna. I'll pepper that in every episode. You said your next one was 109. This interaction between Ellie's father and the first time we get to see King. Now that's clear enough, isn't it? You made that quite evident by your threats of annulment. 
Well, it hasn't worried me for a minute. Ellie and I got married because we love each other. Also, Pepe Lapu mm-hmm. is, how do you say? French. French. Right. But it, it's, again, the Lothario character. But is it based on him specifically? There are plenty of Lotharios. I think maybe the actor more so than just this role. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's proving it. As far as I'm concerned, there's going to be no annulment. I see. You've got hold of a good thing and you're... Your varmint! ...going to hang on to it, eh? <laughs> All right, you win. I guess I'll just have to get used to you. I admit I'm licked. But it's only because I'm worried. If I don't find her soon, I'll go crazy. I might have been able to help if it hadn't been for you. I've been watched so closely. Yes, I yes, could... I know, I know. Well, you can help now. I've got a room full of reporters in there. Now I want you to make a statement. Why does he look smug? <laughs> like he looks like he's victorious. I mean, he is in a way, like he's getting what he wants. But Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe he's just enjoying his uncomfortableness. Yeah, 114, you see her finally do the... I realized I love you. And he's like, look, lady, I just want the money. <laughs> I want the journalistic integrity to write your story. <laughs> About it at all? It seems to me you, you could make some girl wonderfully happy. See, her voice got all low. Sure, I've thought about it. Who hasn't? Oh, if I could ever meet the right sort of girl... Yeah, where are you going to find her? Somebody that's real, somebody that's alive. They don't come that way anymore. It's fascinating to me to listen, to uh, watch old movies where people refer to an older time when things were better. Mm-hmm. Because if you have that perspective, every generation of movies has someone about that age saying that about the previous age. Oh, yeah. And the, the people who say it mostly now are boomer generation. Goddamn yeah. boomers. Yeah. They had it easy. Well, I just like saying that almost every episode... Just because I, you're, if you're waiting a bo- for a boomer to be like, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to upset boomers just by saying they had it easy. Because they like to say that uh, uh, we have it so easy. Yeah, it's. I, I find it funny that they're so offended by the title of boomer used that way, the OK Boomer, when they spend a great deal of energy dissing millennials. I know. And just to take one thing that they did actually have, which doesn't sound like they should have, but it was much easier for them to have financial independence than it is for our generation. Oh, yeah. Just the cost of living, cost of houses, like getting your first owned house, first rental. Yeah. And and my dad, I've had this conversation with my dad and he's like, yeah, but I only made a nickel for every month I was working. It's like, yeah, I know, but your house cost a penny. So (laughs) (laughs) it was, in fact, easier. Anyway, uh, I'm done upsetting uh, boomers for a moment, so let's uh, continue on to this scene. I'll have some more of this delicious tea. I haven't thought about it. Boy, I've, I've even been sucker enough to make plans. Mm-hmm. You know. Poor guy. I saw an island in the Pacific once. Never been able to forget it. That's where I'd like to take her. She'd have to be the sort of a girl who would jump in the surf with me and love it as much as I did. Doesn't he say, like, take a beating or something like that? <laughs> you know, nights when you and the moon and the water all become one, and you feel you're part of it, something big and marvelous. It was interesting to see him wax poetic like this. Wouldn't have expected it. He has depth. 
Well, the stars are so close over your head, you Johnny Depth. reach up and stir them around. She being seduced right there? Yes. Okay. Hardcore. Is that what a woman looks yeah, like when she's seduced? Have you not seen it? Ah, it's good to know. It's good to know. Well, I'll look out for it. Look out for the girl signs. Hungry yeah. for those things. She's freaky looking. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that they f- did the foggy I'm in love thing. Take me to your island. I want to do all those things you talk about. I want to do all those things you talk about. You better go back to your bed. I love you. Nothing else matters. But we can run away. Everything will take care of itself. Please, Peter. I can't let you out of my life now. I couldn't live without you. <laughs> You'd better go back to your bed. So I thought that this movie did a somewhat Sorry. realistic job of showing two people kind of slowly falling in love over mm-hmm. time. I thought they did a pretty good job with it, but it was kind of such a slow burn that m- most of the movie hasn't felt really romantic. Mm-hmm. It's felt more like friends on a journey, like a like a road trip movie. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, I think part of that, that whole limitations of what they could show issue. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brad. Hey, bastard. Did you mean that? Would you really go? The wall of Jericho is there for a reason. Is he just going to peer over? What if she was new to read? <laughs> well, then she deserved it. Oh. Woman. Smack, he's <laughs> he's going to stare at her for a while like God would do. Santa. I thought that was actually just a very tender... Scene. Yeah. So what do you think about him running off and doing this thing without telling her? <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a very 30s man thing to do, to take action without letting anyone know. There, There is always risk with spontaneity. Planning someone's surprise party, planning some sort of grand gesture, like, there's risk. Yeah. And the risk here was her waking up and not knowing where you are. Like, he thought he was going to make it back in time. He didn't know that the... Like leave a note or something. The innkeeper would just, you know. I don't know. It seems weird that he wouldn't have left a note. Or like, if you wake up, don't panic. Yeah, exactly. And then he can, if he comes back before she wakes up, he can just remove that note. And everything's good. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. So Ellie's in her wedding dress, talking to her father. Yes, and she is moving from one lounge position to another. Yeah. She was on the the the, the fainting is that the fainting chair? Yeah. She was on the fainting chair, then she's moved over to her bed leaning over, then she'll move back over to the fainting chair but sitting at a different angle. Yeah, you you got to make use of the set. Well, exactly, but I think it's also showing that she would not have any mu- any muscle density. Oh no. Because if you have, it isn't too late. You know how I feel about him. So other than him being a smacker, he seems very like a very sweet father. The old pump isn't what it used to be. Oh, I'm sorry, father. I wouldn't hurt you for anything in the world. You know that. What's the matter, child? You need a smack. Aren't you happy? (laughs) I thought so. I knew there was something on your mind. There, 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 now. His upper teeth aren't so bad. It's lower teeth I was talking about. What's the matter? You, you haven't fallen in love with someone else, have you? I know that cry. Have you? See, to me, as an outsider looking in... Don't make me sing Stained. 
This, would I'm be looking this, in. this is the second time that our friends group has broken into that song. It's a great song. It's a classic. Seventy two hours. It's a classic. Um, no, because uh, inside you're ugly, ugly like me. So, in, she seems like flighty and just easily someone who falls in love. Yeah. Um, She's like because she's like a child. I jumped into a car with a man, and he was a lovely man, and I love him, Papa. I'm going to run away with him now. What does he do? I don't really know much about him. He's a marvel flyer. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's the best pilot in all the land. He flies with the greatest of ease, or so he says. I don't know. And then uh, Clark Gable, you know, just man who threatens to beat her all the time. <laughs> I love him. I love him, Papa. I know. And then she, he's like, oh, well, then we must call off the wedding for him. And she's like, oh, but he hates me. And he's like, oh, that's fine. He's like, yeah, and he hates you, too. Okay. Well, still, this guy sounds great. Yeah. And that's, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you cry since you were a baby. I've seen her cry a lot. Unless I've been hitting you a lot, so I feel like I need to hit harder. Where'd you meet him? A bus terminal. <laughs> On the road. Now, don't tell me you've fallen in love with the bus driver. Because oh. I still like him better than this king fella. <laughs> Who is Here, he? Dad, put it back in the pocket. <laughs> I don't know very much about him. Except that I love him. Well, if it's as serious as all that, we'll move heaven and earth to... No, it's no use. He despises me. But he, she was saying that she loved this king fella, and he was not so gung-ho about moving heaven and earth to make sure that happened. He really hates king. Oh, God. <laughs> he sure does. I just don't know why. Oh, come now. Yes, he does. He despises everything about me. He says that I'm spoiled well, and selfish well. and pampered and, and, and thoroughly insincere. Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> he doesn't think so much of you either. Well, I... He blames you for everything that's wrong with me. He says you you raised me stupidly. And now that's a fine man to fall in love with. Oh, he's marvelous. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> At least get like just sell him better. Do a little better sales pitch for him. Yeah. <laughs> but I was looking at her eye. So her eyebrow looks like it should definitely So her eyebrow looks like it should naturally come over like this way. Mm -hmm. But they shaved it and like painted it flying up over there. Mm-hmm. Just why? Because I I think that's part of what gives her face like an inhuman look. It was the style. It made her big doe-eyed. Yeah, but it doesn't change the size of her eye. It just makes it look like her eyebrows are wonky. Yes, it made her big doe-eyed. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what are we going to do about it? Where is he? I don't know. Well, I'd like to have talk with him. Oh, it wouldn't do any good. I practically threw myself at <laughs> He doesn't speak English. But under the circumstances, what? don't you think we'd better uh, call this thing off? No, I'll go through with it. Oh, but that's silly, seeing the way you feel about him. No, it doesn't matter. I, I don't want to stir up any more trouble. I've done it all my life. I've made your life miserable oh. and, and mine too. I'm tired, Father. I'm, I'm tired of running around in circles. Camera's out of focus on her, but it's in focus on him. I've got to settle down. It doesn't matter how or where or with whom. You've changed, Ellie. I can't walk out on King now. It, it would make us all look so ridiculous. Anyway, 
What difference does it make? I'll never see Peter again. Is that his name? Peter Warren. Peter Warren. Why, do you know him? Oh, I know, no. Oh, Fanny, you haven't heard from him, have you? Don't be silly, of oh, course. Oh, please. What's that? I would like to have a talk with you about a financial matter in connection with your daughter. Signed, Peter Warren. <laughs> so my next timestamp is one thirty-seven fifteen, where Papa and Peter have a little meeting. Have a little how do you do? For a principal. Something you probably wouldn't understand. He wants but when the anybody money takes me for a buggy ride, I don't like the idea of having to pay for the privilege. Were you taken for a buggy ride? <laughs> Hang on, look at the teeth. They look kind of overcrowded on the underteeth. And a little bit blackened. Yeah. Yes, with all the trimming. So how about the check? Do I get it? Certainly. Thanks. Certainly. He does have an adorable little way about him, even though he's a smacker. So you want $36 in addition to the $10,000? No, I just want the $36. Look, I, I understand that he's angry and upset and he wants to make a little point. Here. Take the money, man. What's no. wrong with you? No, he, he's above all that. He's a, he is not? I, I guess the thirty six for the 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 pajamas and the shirt. I'm adding that too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, just 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 what? How does it help in you make your point to not take the money? Surely it cements the point that you don't want her. You just want the money to so take the whole reward, take everything. Yeah, it, I think it's he's showing he's a bigger man or a better man. That money is life changing back, you know, in 1930 dollars. Yeah. But it's, you can buy the whole island that he was wanting to go to. And you can have any number of women dip their feet in it with you. Exactly. You can buy a woman for that kind of money. It's true. And then smack her around. Yeah. She, you will buy her obedience, buy the ability to smack her. No one will question you. Yeah. This is the 1930s we're talking about here. And you're a white man. You know how much you can get away with? Everything. <laughs> Everything. You are? Thank you. Oh, uh, do you mind if I ask you a question, frankly? Do you love my daughter? My name's Peter, but... Any guy that had fallen in love with your daughter ought to have his head examined. Now, that's a division. She picked herself a perfect running mate, King Wesley, the pill of the century. What she needs is a guy that would take a suck at her once a day, whether it's coming to her yeah, or not. See? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remembered. He, want, he's, he thinks that she needs a guy that will take a sock at her. Whether she deserves it or not. What kind of person is the hero of this story? He loves her so much. He wants to take a sock at her once a day, whether she deserves it or not. And frankly, she'll deserve it. <laughs> she'll most likely deserve it. If you had half the brain you're supposed to have, you'd have done it yourself long ago. Do you love her? Well, he a normal a human being couldn't live under the same roof with her without going nutty. She's my idea of nothing. I asked you a simple question. Do you love her? Yes! But don't hold that against me. I'm a little screwy myself. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> that was a good line. Look, he's a pretty man. Mm -hmm. But if his eyes bulged out just a little bit more, he would look like... Igor? A little bit. <laughs> I think, yeah. Because they're wide set. They're a little bit wide set. No, but he's considered one of the classically handsome men. Yeah, I agree with that. He's a sexy little gentleman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Take that mustache for rides. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're dirty. Keep, keep, keep the movie going. The wholesome 1930s smack your woman movie. Yeah. Keep that going. Right. Sorry. Now everybody. you look natural. 
come down and take a sock at you. I hope you got your money. You bet I did. Congratulations. Thanks. Same to you. So I don't mean to talk about what a woman's got under her clothing. But now you look natural. She's got something going on on her thighs. Is that like a garter or something? Uh, it could be. Um, like right there, you can kind of see it bulging out a little bit right there and on the other side too. So it could be uh, garter, which would make sense for what she's wearing, like uh, stockings being held up with garter belt because uh-huh. they didn't have the elastic pantyhose yet. Um, oh, okay. It could also, uh, it could be clinging onto her slip or something as well. Gotcha. I hope you got your money. You bet I did. Congratulations. Thanks. Same to you. Stay around and watch the fun. You'll enjoy it immensely. I've got a weak stomach. stomach. (laughs) He seems like a delightful gentleman. (laughs) I want him as a (laughs) son-in-law. I don't understand why he's so gung-ho about this guy. Don't talk with him. I'm not interested. Just a minute, Eddie. I don't want to hear another word about him. Stubborn mule. And here's this ridiculous... uh, Helicopter plane. Freak of design. A spinning top giant propeller. Come on, and then folks. a small front. Arrive. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. oh the, the rabble sounds like a... Rabble, st- rabble, rabble. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> South Park rabble. See, look how close they come to the moving propellers. That guy just walked around it. I like that it sounds like Charlie Brown kids. It does. <laughs> it does. Alright, boys, turn it over. Will you be disappointed if I don't have choir boys in my wedding? No. <laughs> I'll be fine with that. <laughs> I mean I'll be the choir boys if you want. I can sing for you. Please don't. And if you make that face during the wedding, I'll be really distracted. <laughs> You're a sucker to go through with this. You're a big dummy. Everyone hates you. I'm Warren is okay. He didn't want the reward. All he asked for was $39. Oh, it's a Bible. I was like, why is she holding a purse? I never noticed that. It's a Bible. You took him for a ride. She's going to go drinking her later, and she wants to have her pocketbook. He loves you, Ellie. He told me so. He also said I did a bad job parenting you and that you were an idiot. But So, so Mark woke up from a nap he was having on the couch mm-hmm. when I was watching this. In the middle of this scene, he's like, did he just prepare this speech to just say to her as they were walking? I know. I said the same thing. Like, he's had plenty of opportunity to say all this before they were walking down the aisle. It's like he was like, no, no. I'm looking for this opportunity to run and (laughs) really make King like a douche. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Pepe Le King. Make an old man happy. Dearly beloved, we are gathered together here in the sight of God and in the face of this company to join together this man and this woman in holy matrimony. If any man can show just cause... Is it just me, or is it when, like, preachers and, you know, especially, like, the kind of razzle-dazzle preachers that are on, like, the radio and the super church channels and stuff like that, whenever they say the word God, they kind of go down a register. And when God said to me on the third, whatever... God, capital G. King... Wilt thou have this woman to thy wedded wife? Queen. So long as ye both it's not really live. a Christian name, King. I will. <laughs> Helen, wilt thou have this man to thy wedded husband, so long as ye both shall live? 
And she's out of there. <laughs> I like that he pulls out a cigar. <laughs> and he leaves, and she's leading in the front, followed by King. <laughs> get her, get her! Set the traps! Throw up the nets! Kill you mean, her! You mean that thing she's wearing? The giant net? <laughs> we got her, but it's not slowing her down! <laughs> Peeled out of there. <laughs> what kind of horsepower does that car have? Like three? Yeah, about three. <laughs> he almost takes his eye out with that cigar. He had to back up. <laughs> He's a happy man. He's also a drunk man. At least he dilutes it with a little bit of uh, soda water. But why is he? Uh, why is he so drunk? What's, the, what's the implication? Half afternoon drinks in the stage. Oh, but I mean, he is blasted. Look at him. Don't want to talk to anybody. Don't want to see anybody. But it's King Wesley on the phone. Oh. <laughs> I like how excited he is. Hello, my would-be ex-son-in-law. <laughs> I've sent you a check for 100000 That's a heck of a lot now, of money, man. That's the smartest thing you ever did, Wesley, not to contest that moment. That's satisfactory, isn't it? That's a lot of well, money. It ought to be. <laughs> oh, I'm not complaining. Oh, no, not complaining. It was dirt cheap. Don't fall out of any windows. <laughs> what a sentence. Another wire from no. Peter. They're in Glen Falls, Michigan. <laughs> What's holding up the annulment, you slowpoke? The walls of Jericho are toppling. So I like Send that. Send him a telegram right away. Just say, let them topple. <laughs> I like that. First of all, he cottoned on to the uh, the slang that he used, mm-hmm. and then basically gave him a, a euphemism for "fuck my daughter." Fuck my daughter, <laughs> please. <laughs> and then maybe smack her around a little. Bit. Well, that's implied. I don't think any man has to say that to another man in the '30s. Every man is is it, they're raised with the, the understanding that you smack women, whether they deserve it or not. Yeah, you just have right. to keep them guessing once a day. So, let, let's get into... Well, did you have anything else? Nope. Ha- the weird euphemism for have sex with my daughter was the last thing I had. So, let's move on to Act 4, Rose-Tinted Fields. <laughs> Woohoo. All right. So, Allison, was this movie as good as you remember? So, yes. I, I had first mm, seen this when it was uh, assigned to me by my friend Matt, as mm. we said. Mm. I liked it so much after first watching it that I ran out and bought the disc so I could own it from the Criterion Collection. You bought a compact disc? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it wasn't. It was a DVD. It's still Blu-ray. compact, though. Yeah. Not, it was not a full-size vinyl. Yeah, it wasn't a... Oh, gosh, <laughs> no. A, trying to remember the name of that system. The, the giant CDs, the... Laserdisc. Laserdisc, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, I got there. <laughs> I never actually uh, owned one of those. I hear they were of superior quality. I don't know about all that. The only time I remember seeing Laserdisc was in, I think, elementary school. And I remember specifically they were playing something on volcanoes. All right, so it was it was fairly good then. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Now, did your perspective on anything in this movie change over the years? I, I want you to be careful with this question because if it did, that means that at some point... This sort of behavior toward women seemed natural to you. So again, I, I the first time I saw it was like two years ago, two, a couple of years ago. So you've got to be even more careful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say that my perspective, this is different than does anything need to be changed? Yes, it is. So my perspective of it hasn't really changed, um, you know, because I. <laughs> or maybe I, now you still think that it's okay to beat women. 
Well, is that your p- platform? Is just that your position? That one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know n- nothing really has like ground changed for me watching this this time versus the the original times. I can especially appreciate what that's done for cinematic growth and um, how the characters here inspired a lot of the tropes we know and characters like Bugs Bunny. So it's nothing really. I like that it inspired Runaway Bride. Well, a couple of films said that they were stealing kind of the flavor of this movie. Runaway Bride was one. So I haven't seen a lot of other movies from the 30s, but I'd be curious if if this was kind of groundbreaking for archetypes like that. Yeah, no, I mean, it did create that screwball comedy system to try to add a different element to romance movies. So it, it did start the trend in that way. Well, yeah, but like the character archetypes. Like the strongman? Yeah, like the charismatic guy that's kind of strong, but also funny and clever, and he's got the biggest dick in the room sort of energy. (laughs) Big dick energy? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say that this uh, may have been groundbreaking for the Clark Gable trope. What were your overall thoughts on the movie? Well, I thought the title was bad. (laughs) You struggled with it. (laughs) The title was, well, (laughs) because I kept thinking that it was, it it came one night. it happened over one night. No, it happened over four nights. Yeah. So... It took four nights for the walls of Jericho to crumble. Yeah, well, I mean, it took longer than that for the walls to crumble because they had to stop the marriage and all that. But they traveled together for four nights. So even though the love kind of developed over longer than one night. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not really sure why it was named that, but uh, it was fun. The way they uh, the treat women was hilariously cruel. Um, slapping, insulting, threatening, treating them like children. And uh, none of the onlookers or police officers cared. In fact, they encouraged it. Well, again, that, that that is very much of the time. I'm judging it for now standards, Mang. That's that's my job on this show, to take things out of context and put them in this context and say, it's not good enough. Get <laughs> out of here. And uh, Clark Gable, he was spanning the spectrum from charming and funny to being that cruel kind of spouse abusing character and also a murderer. So are you worried that Clark Gable's character actually had a dissociative personality disorder? I'm not sure. I'm th- I'm thinking he was actually genuinely that abusive person and his normal charismatic way of being was an act. Well, that just darkens the film. Well, there you It'd go. I'd be curious to see what happened in the sequel. So we already have your answer to this, but uh, please elaborate whether or not you thought this contributed something to cinema. Yes. Okay. So my <laughs> thoughts on it are... <laughs> on no you go ahead well i was just gonna say as i've said a couple times now thanks to our matter of facts well and also me scooping them but uh, in in your scoops yeah it it was a film that was a benchmark for romantic comedies and the start of the genre of screwball comedies so screwball comedy is a euphemism for a romantic comedy that's not as romantic yeah it's kind of they exhibit zany behavior where you could implement other behaviors more naturally in the same scene oh so screw is in quotations there i got you (laughs) i got you well it's clever again when it came out they they wouldn't have done that (laughs) Uh, all right so i thought that it was very interesting there's a bit of trivia that i saved for just right now Mm -hmm. and that is that he used cranes for the camera shots for most of the the scenes because the characters were always on the move, so he wanted the camera to feel like it was always on the move also. Mm. So he did a lot of crane shots, a lot of tracking shots, and uh, I thought that was very nice. I thought for a, a 1930s movie, to not use static cameras for almost every shot was, I thought, fairly groundbreaking. Yeah. I think Citizen Kane is the one that is noted most for its use of moving camera techniques. What year was that film? Because you loved it so much? 41. 
Ha! So this movie predates it. This movie deserves the credit. Citizen Kane, what? Stupid movie. Didn't invent nothing. <laughs> People should forget about it. Nope. It happened one night or it came at night. Whatever this movie's called deserves the prize. But would you change anything aside from the abuse uh, for the modern audience? Aside from the abuse? Because uh, I, I think I would change the abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, abuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. I think that, uh, <laughs> sure, if you're going to just throw around, you know, equal treatment for women, uh, you know, I th- yeah, I'd probably take that. But uh, other than that. You're so woke. Thor- <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Stop beating women. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, you know, throw, throw a, uh, I'll tell you this also. When I was going through, I think there was one black person in this movie. That I remember. And he was he was ringing a bell. Oh, yeah. He was, like, advertising for the truck stop cafe. I was so nervous when he came on screen. Oh. I he, was, he tried to take the guy to the bathroom. It was fine. Yes, it was. It was fine. I was so worried <laughs> that it wouldn't be fine. <laughs> Get your red hot coffee. I was just so nervous. I, I just didn't know what was going to happen. So, yeah. But other than that, yeah. Th- throw in some more diverse uh, array of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a bunch of whiteies in this. And what white people are fine. I'm comfortable with white people. Add some new flavor. Yeah. Other than that, stop the abuse. Add some diverse folks in there. Yeah, stop the abuse. Yeah. And don't don't spank people so much when they don't uh, when they're when they're adults. Now, I would like to go a step. Further. Unless you're doing it sexually with someone who's okay with that, that's that's good. Or you know, one of those good game slaps on the tush. Mm-hmm. Good game. Good game. I've seen it in baseball. Have you? And Keen Peel. And Keen Peel. Slavas. Slavas. That's a great skit. A series of skits, really. <laughs> and the, no, like the no, dramatic don't do, moment. Don't do. No, no slap ass. Slap ass. Slap ass. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I haven't so, watched that skit in a while. <laughs> I know, I haven't either, but it's a classic. So what do you think should change? I think other diversity would be good as well. One thing that I crave is for a stronger Ellie. A stronger, smarter, she's vapid. She is. She's ditzy. I I understand like the the rich girl trope where they don't have a real sense of the world, but I just, I wish she was smarter. That's all. Yep. Or at least having a little bit of dignity. Like when he's giving off the energy like, I'm not into like talking right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, she's just, like, spazzing out, like... I gotta fill the silence. I know. It just seemed undignified. But then again, I don't know if that was a cultural thing where, like, women felt like they needed to do that to prevent him from getting into too bad of a mood, and he'd hit them. That was a damn fine question. That was probably a reality back then, so what do I know? Yeah. You and I, same, just like, huh? Eh. All right, let's act five, the Rose Award Ceremony. Mm-hmm. So, what's your rose? Well, he is not without problems. Peter Warren, just, you know, without him. Slapper? Slapper himself? Mm-hmm. He, he just smacked the butt. He smacked the butt, so he did hit her. <laughs> but he hit her on a butt, so that's fine. It's more sexual playful. Yeah, and he demeaned her and, you know, called That her. It can also be sexual playful, depending on your flavor. Sure, why not? <laughs> so, w- without him, Ellie would not have gotten half the journey that she did. Uh, yeah, Peter Warren. Peter Warren. All right. See, my rose, I, don't, I didn't fill out rose or thorn because I couldn't really. You couldn't find anyone that you really loved or thought was uh, counterproductive? No, I have a love and hate award. Mm-hmm. But for rose and thorn, I couldn't really. Like, who helped the plot? I mean, I, I guess who helped the plot would be Ellie because she's the, it's following her journey oh. if she hadn't jumped ship, literally. Yeah, well, she started the plot. 
But who helped develop it? She was kind of dragged along because she was so incompetent. She couldn't do anything for herself. So in that way, it would have been Peter Warren. Or Alexander Andrews. Skarsgård? Her dad. Because if he hadn't locked her on the ship and tried to force the annulment, the story wouldn't have happened. Or in that way, King. Because if he hadn't just married Ellie secretly... I guess, well, but who helped the plot go along and who actually sealed the deal. It was like, it was going to the papers. It must have, it has to be Peter. Yeah. All right. So Peter is my rose. But But grudgingly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So who's your thorn award? I put Alexander Andrews, you know, while he was trying his best for his daughter, he literally shanghaied her onto a boat to have his rules met. Like it just, he was the, the driving force why Ellie had to go on this journey to begin with, like why she was on the bus, why she met Peter. Like, oh, very good. If it, the father and his secret police were not out there trying to find her, the, the story wouldn't be. Yes, but I think the spirit of the Thorn Award should be going to someone who, what is our, our desired resolution here? Not her getting married to King. We want her to get married to Peter. Peter. Who would have been antithetical to Peter and Ellie getting married? King. Well, he didn't seem to care really one way or the other as long as he's getting his money. As long as he gets his. I really don't know. The thorn well, is maybe difficult. Maybe there's no thorn. Or Ellie. Uh, I, I would agree with Ellie is the her own thorn. <sighs> well, I mean, but she falls in love with him and then says she wants to marry him. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know. quickly I, calls Papa when she wakes up alone. Yeah, but I that mean, was Peter's fault for not leaving a note. So really, rash decisions are the thorn. I think I'm going to give my thorn to nobody. Okay, that's I don't fair. think there's a thorn. There doesn't have to be. Yeah, I guess not. But who do you love? So my love award I gave to Clark Gable, not the character. The actor. The actor. Mm-hmm. I gave my love award to Clark Gable. And you? I accidentally typed the wrong name, but I meant to say Peter. I, I just, I love his sharp-witted retorts. Like, just from the, the moment we're on the bus and he's getting in the fight with the bus driver. Okay, you got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, his uh, his kind of sarcastic replies and surreal more often than I think clever. They were kind of surreal uh, comebacks at, uh, at times. Put they were... my nose there so people can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was entertaining. But I actually gave my hate award to Peter Warren. Oh. Clark Gable gets my love. Peter gets my hate. Hmm. And I also gave it to Ellie Andrews. Oh, I gave my hate to Shapely. To Shapely? He's the standard for skeevy men everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, his character was definitely skeevy and not someone to be truffled with. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't hate the character. I thought the character was entertaining as a, as a skeevy person. I hate what the character represents. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but uh, pe- despicable people I think can be uh entertaining fodder in a movie or, you know, oh, whatever. Oh, he was certainly that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ratings time. Mm-hmm. So for the genre, I would say this is a romantic comedy. Screwball I, romantic I guess comedy. screwball is, is the kind of the buzzword for this. Although I don't know what else would fall. Usually people don't say screwball. So I'm kind of putting it under romantic comedy because I think in a modern context, that's how it would be marketed. Okay. Yeah. Romantic comedy is fine. I just don't hear screwball. Do people say screwball comedy anymore? It's no longer a trope, I feel like. It's kind of old fashioned. It was something created for that specific haze act so either way screwball or romantic comedy what would you give it i gave it a nine out of ten holy moses and well when you think it this is the standard i feel which others were created if there was not this there would not be others and i thought it did a very successful job 
for that genre. If it were not for this, there would be others. I agree. And for that, it is important. In fact, we should have probably gone over that and uh, has this contributed something to cinema? It invented a genre. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it's very important to cinema. However, I think it invented the genre. But at this point, we've done much better. For romantic comedies. And I don't know. It's hard because I don't usually rate romantic comedies very high. Oh yeah, and I don't either. I'm not a romantic comedy sort of person. Yeah, it's not my it's not my genre. It's not the thing that I go to. And it's it's not for me either. So maybe in a sense this is better than other ones. My reasoning is it's just not a very romantic movie, and that was uh, because of the constraints they had of, of the times. Mm-hmm. That's not my problem. I'm judging this movie for what it is, and okay. it's not a very romantic movie. Okay. So as far as romantic comedy, I gave it a three. Okay. It's just not very romantic. It was a good buddy kind of travel comedy. <laughs> it was, it's a buddy flick. <laughs> it is, kind of is, until the very end where it's implied that they go to Bone Zone. Going to Bone Town <laughs> on the other side of the Jericho Wall. Uh, what did you feel about the directing? Coppola, uh, Capra, whomever yeah, you're calling it. Yeah, <laughs> some of, when he did The Godfather, that was some good directing. <laughs> <laughs> However, this movie I gave a five. Oh, wow. You're actually judging this harder than I thought you would. Oh, yeah? Why did you think I was I would uh, judge this more glowingly? Well, not necessarily more glowingly, but I thought the numbers would be higher just compared to some of the other films we've watched that have received higher scores. Because I think that you just gave the director the same or maybe the other one. If, if it's Waxworks, you're about to say I'm going to yeah. laugh a lot. No, I think it was Waxworks. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I won't believe it. Hang on, no, I got to look up Waxworks. It was either two or three for Waxworks. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, for directing, but I gave directing five. Oh, okay. R- romantic comedy was three. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, directing I gave five. That's not terrible. That's, that's... Because... <laughs> Man, if if waxwork had been better than this, better than five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that had been better than five, and this were worse than waxwork, something had gone wrong. And there was a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> yes, no, no. This is definitely better directing than waxworks. See, I, I give I, it that. I gave it a seven. You know, while it was a simple storytelling, I thought that there was no glaring con that came to mind with this directing you know and i think that i i agree with you there was no glaring i mean there were there were problems with film restoration it seems like so halfway between a shot it would go from looking very crisp Mm -hmm. to being very fuzzy and the contrast would raise but i don't think that's the fault of the directing that's the integrity of the film over time yeah and at the point that it was digitized so there were some scenes that i thought were very well composed there were certain scenes like uh, one comes to mind where he was holding the newspaper and you can see the headlines of the newspaper over his shoulder. And I thought it was very interesting. They didn't want to reveal his face yet. And then he turns around. There were some scenes like that that were very good. Uh, there were just a lot of scenes that I thought were kind of average feeling. And again, maybe for the time, they felt very revolutionary. But I, I don't know. I'm coming at it from my modern perspective. And from a modern perspective, if this were a new movie coming out, I would have looked at it and gone, uh, most of the shots are kind of uninteresting, uninspired. But, what about the music? Uh, so for music, I gave a three out of ten. Hey, me too. Just because I, I never noticed it. Yeah. The <laughs> I, I, I said prose. It wasn't distracting. And yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that is exactly what I took. For my prose, I didn't notice it. For cons, I didn't notice it. Con, I couldn't tell you a song from this aside from the plane trapeze song. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> my thoughts on it. All right. All right. We're on the same page there. So for writing, I didn't write mine. So you go ahead and I'm thinking. 
So I'm actually going to drop it just a little bit of a notch. I originally had five out of 10. I'm going to drop it down to four. Um, it's a really simple story. There didn't seem to be anything complex. There wasn't anything bad with that. It's just a simple story. I mean, and, and a simple story, well executed is a fine thing. The only thing that I said as a con is that we didn't really get much the way of King Wesley. He didn't seem all that bad to me. I didn't yeah. understand the objection except for the fact that they made him kind of this Lothario character or in implied Lothario character and in it for the money yeah we we don't get enough of him to understand why this is such a scandal yeah yeah I agree with you I agree with you on that so if I were to give this a rating out of 10 for writing giga in the spectrum of all movies well-written movies did you keep waxwork up I want to see <laughs> oh my god I can't uh waxwork was written in what do we three say days. three days <laughs> oh boy I mean, but that did have living demons and... It had too many things. No, I was going to give it credit for having interesting <laughs> elements. <laughs> so for writing, I gave Waxwork a 3 out of 10 because it was written in three days. <laughs> <laughs> One point for every day. <laughs> and so I don't know how long this was written. I'll, uh, Presumably longer. <laughs> well, we don't know. It's All right. presume. <laughs> a four. Okay. A four. Okay. Right. All right. Come on. What's some other writing? What's some other writing? Like uh, Tale of Two Sisters. What did uh, I give that? I don't know. That was low. Yeah. But that could I have? Did I? I guess. Because, I think you gave it a three. Yeah, but that was only because it was bad on first viewing. On second viewing, is very good. <laughs> but you said a movie has to be good on first viewing because other most people aren't going to sit there and rewatch it if they didn't. Yeah, like just it. to get the value out of it. And I stand by that position. Mm -hmm. All right, something else. What, what what else have we watched? Jaws. Jaws. What, Casablanca. Casablanca, the writing on that is good. I, I can't remember what I rated it, but I would have said... Indiana Jones 2. Oh, boy. <laughs> Pretty sure I gave that like a 2. Yeah. Worse, worse than Waxwork, which I think is great. That's exactly where it belongs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got on a fight uh, into a fight on Facebook. Oh, I saw. <laughs> I, you I didn't weigh like, in? Why didn't you weigh in? Because I was like, huh, it's clear that... Uh, Christopher Bartlett doesn't listen to our podcast. Yes, he doesn't listen to our podcast. And also, he's defending the writing of Indiana Jones 2. He is someone wearing the rose-tinted glasses. I, I think it would be fun to have that discussion with him. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll call him back. Yeah. Well, well ooh, we should have like a in defense special where someone who feels really passionate hey. about one of the films. Yes. And just sits there and argues with them. an in defense follow up to one of our episodes, something yeah. that one of us didn't like or both of us didn't like. And we just we all air out our disagreements. I don't think there's going to be one where I don't like it. There may be something that falls in my esteem a little bit. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause you're, you were watching these so, cause you like them. So unless like the citizen Kane episode, um, will be a film that I don't particularly like, but I understand it's well, I mean, Indiana Jones two is one such example. That one, my esteem fell on it. I just hadn't seen it in such a long time that yeah. I was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> did I change? <laughs> yeah. So what did I say? A four for this? Yes. You could give it a 3.5 if you felt strong. You, you seem I mean, really there conflicted. Yeah, because, all right, there weren't a whole lot of errors. There were, like, as far as I'm concerned, the errors that I remember, there were goofs, and I'm, I'm not counting goofs, but the, the error... The main error about him going to New York without telling her where he was going. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were not a lot of glaring errors. Like you said, it's simple. I mean, there's nothing magical or amazing about this script. So something that was average but a more complicated movie, does that deserve more points? Four. It's a four. Whatever. It's, it's a 3.8. <laughs> it's a 3.8. I'm giving it a 3.8. But what about actors? Acting, I, I, I also gave that a four. Okay. 
pros, some good genuine reacting off of each other, I thought, from Peter Capaldi, or uh, what do you call him, Wesley and Buttercup, Clark Abel and... Peter and Ellie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was some, I thought there was some good reacting off each other. They did a good job for the most part. But for most people in this movie, the acting was very big, very theatrical, uh, not very grounded. Okay. I gave it a 6 out of 10, mostly for Clark Gable. Yeah, Clark Gable, I thought he was, he was bringing the noise. Yeah, bringing the noise and the funk. Yep. For the overall real rating, what would you say? And this is, we're going to see if your, esti- your prediction lines up with reality. So real, again, uh, this is based on the fact that it was a groundbreaking film. So when I say the real rating, I, I consider it more of a critic's rating. Exactly. Yep. I gave it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 for critics. Mm-hmm. Almost should be something of an average of your other scores. That would be my rating. Oh, I know. I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your own ratings. I'm just looking at the math. Mm. I, don't know if it, uh, I don't know if the math supports you there. <laughs> you, just, you do what you need to do. I'm not telling you I what. I feel like a critical rating based on the historical significance of the film elevates it to an eight fair fair enough but my heart says a 7.5 so your heart is lower than your critical on this yeah just as a modern woman do get very frustrated by ellie and her allowance of certain treatments of her but i do really enjoy the movie because that's still a very high rating so my real rating you predicted it would be i predicted i think you said a six yeah a predicted rating for your heart i think it was predicted real but is that what you intended or were you thinking more it was my heart? I was thinking more heart. Okay, okay. So you, maybe real would be different. I, You know, we should really differentiate between both. I thought my heart would be a six, right? Yes. Okay, so what do you think my real is going to be? Six also. Okay, double sixes. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> my real rating for this film is four. Four for the real. Real rating is a four. Okay. Yeah, critically, I, I thought that, again, for the time... Groundbreaking and amazing. For now, eh. <laughs> okay. Uh, however, my heart rating is a six. Oh, okay. I, I liked it because my heart is not relative to everything in the world. My heart is just how, how do I, my initial, you know, feeling for it. My initial feeling is uh, it's somewhere around a six. I think it's enjoyable. You know, the abusing women, always hilarious, of course, but. Uh, always hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but in spite of that, really, is it was Clark Gable was a very enjoyable performer to watch, and pretty much for that reason alone. Okay, yeah. All right. So uh, next time, what are we? Uh, what are we watching? What do we decide on? Karate Kid, the Karate Kid, right, well, and me... not the one with Jackie Chan. Well, uh, is there another one? So they just did a, a remake that has Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. I, I've not... yeah, I thought that was the original. I will sock you in the nose. <laughs> Just trying to make people have an aneurysm out there. See, I'm, I'm going to start the abuse comedy. So I'm going to sock you in the nose. <laughs> I'm going to break it. If you do, I'll break your neck. I'm going to say that my nostalgia for this film was a 6.5. My predicted real rating for you is going to be a 4. And I think your heart is going to be a 6. And hmm. the genre is action comedy. This is it. This is the end of the line. Telling me. Did I tell you about the pool here? For Daniel LaRusso. Is this the only pool you guys got? The future seemed far from terrific. This place is a dump. You should go back to New Jersey. Hey, I know it's hard, but we're not quitters, are we? Until Hi. he met the hey, right I girl. She's beautiful. I say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. <laughs> is that your address? 
You got it. But that only angered the wrong guy. Country Club, 9.30, definitely. You gotta be nuts. And his troubles really began. Dad, push Then, in one man, he found a teacher. I promise teach karate. And a friend. Fighting always last answer. How did you do that? Don't know. First time. Power, whole body. Make a perfect picture. How do I know if my picture's the right one? If come from inside of you, always right one. Lesson about the balance, not just karate, a lesson for all life. Why train? So I won't have to fight. Hey, karate kid, let's take a move. Ah! Yeah! You know, points or no points, you're dead meat. I don't have much of a cheering section. You got me. In the end, it will be in Daniel's hands. In his body. Most of all, in his mind. Concentrate, focus, power. Remember, balance. No mercy. Columbia Pictures presents The Karate Kid. Hey, what kind of belt do you have? Canvas. You like? <laughs> JC Penny, 398. <laughs> Neil, already. That was the trailer for The Karate Kid. Released in 1984. We're going back to the 80s, bringing it back old school. So, yeah, this has been our episode of Rose Tinted Reels featuring our It Happened One Night film review. Do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to have it read on the show. Join us on our face group, um, RTR Community Face Place, to keep the conversation going and yeah, thank you for, for joining us. Thank you, Julian Crowhurst, for the use of our theme song. And keep on enjoying these classic films with us. Bye. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Did Allison seriously just finish the show without me? Didn't let me do my signature sign-off. I didn't get to shout at all the people who aren't doing the things for the podcast, like leaving reviews and things like that. She was nice to you. (laughs) People, you don't deserve niceness, right? You're not going out there and leaving reviews. In what world do you... Oh, God, it's closing on me again. Oh, okay, I guess I'm done. See you guys. We're going to start you with the orange varietal. Is this orange? Okay. This is orange. So uh, how I tried it the first time, uh, I sucked on it a little bit and then I crunched into it like an animal because that's how I eat candy. Okay. I'm going to have you do the same. You want me to crunch? After a couple, like loosen it up a little bit with your saliva and then... All right, I'll let you know. She, oh, just to give you a little bit of context, <laughs> listeners, she came into the house and was like, look, I'm going to have you eat these Italian candies. I want you to tell me what they do to you. Yeah. <laughs>
The, that phrasing is really ominous. There, there's a, they're an experience. I was not warned, so I think everyone needs to try it without that warning. It was out of control. He tops up our speeches <laughs> with the greatest of me. It was not easy. <laughs> it was so hard. He does it so long that his eyes want to bleed. This is very true. <laughs> his ears might fall off at the rate that we're going. <laughs> I love your singing. This is beautiful. All that I know is I wish it were snowing. <laughs> hey, very good. Well done. <laughs> What a good song. Anyway, so he's about to become the uh, the mind of a murderer here. He cr- he christened the ship of this movie with the champagne bottle of his hand against her face. 